Welcome to the Wine and Shuffle, the Inverness Catalonian Thistle FC fan podcast, the podcast that has got a severe case of Scottish Cup semi-final fever. On this pod, man of the moment, Nathan Shaw, the man himself, Robbie Dees, we look back at the club's ridiculous record of five Scottish Cup semi-finals with none other than Tom Walsh, Ross Tokley and David Proctor and we talk to the Falkirk Daft podcast ahead of the big game. And, and, and the playoffs... All that and 28 years worth of ICT references packed into now with a wild conjecture and the usual mild distraction. Let us semi shuffle. What did Tarzan see when he found his screwdriver? There's it! Welcome one and all, I'm Andrew Moffat and joining me on this pod today is two debutants. We've got semi-final fever, Callum McDonald, hello. Hi, how you doing? Fever pitch, Sandy Sutherland, hello. Hello. And the usuals, night fever, Andrew Young, hello. Hello. And gout, Stevie Riley, how's it going? (laughs) Hello. You got you got off you got off easy. I was going to say you didn't any trapped infection. Uh, let's talk about the semi-final, the biggest semi you've ever seen. Stevie, Stevie, let's 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 kick off with something lively. Everyone, a minute each go. Stevie, talk to me about the preparations for the day. What's planned in Scotland's biggest city? What can the fans expect again when they get down the road? We can have uh, two watering holes of choice so far, off. So we have. Two pubs lined up, uh, they are not exclusive pubs to ICT fans, so get there early if you can. So, two pubs are called McKinnon's, which is on the Tron Gate of Glasgow, which is sort uh, of going east of Argyll Street, if you know where I am, where the big toll booth is. And then there's another pub called H's, which goes by the Alfredo's, which Callum is obviously choking to get to because uh, his mum recommended that to me. But they, they're both open from 8 o'clock. Uh, we did have a a private party pre-booked, but Glasgow City Council told us to fuck off. So, yeah, two pubs from eight o'clock in the morning. Caveat is you need to have some food, moth, but I think it'd be a an empty rolling sausage at the bar will be sufficient enough to get you your your liquid drink. So, yeah, eight o'clock in the morning, and then I think it'll be probably the month from eleven near Hamden. So, for the guys that are in the early train coming down, I think again at nine o'clock there should be two watering holes that we can we can get you boys in and frequent. So. Good luck, but I think I'll also caveat that and say that Falkirk fans will be thinking the same off as well, so don't expect it to be plain sailing going into the pubs. Right. So, uh, did you say Alfredo's? It's called HE's Online for some reason, Moff, but it's right. uh, known as Alfredo's. If uh, fans listening to go to Scotland games, it's near yeah. where Iron Horse used to be. So uh, West Nell Street in Glasgow and also McKinnon's is on Argyll Street, so that's your two streets that you need to Google map. Great. Okay, Callum, talk to me about your trip down. Who are you going with? When you're leaving? What's the buzz like? Uh, actually, this time around, I decided to change up the approach because the last semi-final actually went in the bus. So uh, we're actually going down the day before. So probably going in the afternoon. Uh, me and Mum will probably go down early, and then uh, my brother will meet my brother Ross over and my mum's friend Liz. Uh, I'll probably go out for a couple of pints on the Friday evening, and make a night out of it, you know. And then, as Riley's already mentioned, we'll probably join you guys in one of the bars, the early bars, and then go for the Montford. Um, my brother as well, Andrew, he's coming on the bus. He's uh, he's going to be leaving Inverness at 7 o'clock. Um, and we'll meet him at the Montford as well. And then 
Johnny and Karina are coming over from Northern Ireland. They're on the bus as well, so there's going to be plenty of people about. And the, the buzz is pretty positive to me, also just because of the recent run, and um, hopefully keep it going into the semi final. And Sandy, I know you're going in the bus as well. You're, you're you're leaving early doors, but talk to me. What you know, just on from from the off year, talk to me. What what, what about the the potentially fantastic team we we could have on the park if you discount the uh, probably discount the first half of the most recent match. Uh, well, to be fair, I mean the one good thing is you know it looks like we've got all of our kind of vital boys back at the best possible time. You know we're you know we're bragging a pretty impressive front four. We've got Billy Mackay, Nathan Shaw, Jay Henderson, Dan Mackay. They've all had plenty of goals and plenty of assists between them this season. Plenty of big game experience too, likes of Danny Devine, Aaron Doran. They were both winners in 2015. We've also got Mark Didgers, who was between the sticks in the semi-finals against Hearts against, uh, in 2019. Uh, we've also got Sean Welsh, who I'd imagine will be keen to make up for the lost time because he missed the 2019 semi-final with injury. Uh, and a little fun fact I found is that the, despite the, the many personal accolades, Billy McKay's never actually played at Hamden for Cali Thistle, so I'm sure he'll be looking forward to this one as well. Great, interesting. <coughs> Didn't know that. Uh, AY, talk to me about the occasion. Hamden. Yeah, I mean, Billy McKay might not have uh, played at Hamden before, but as fans, we're kind of used to it, aren't we? Fifth, uh, fifth Cup semi-final in, what, 19 years? Um, I'd probably had a bit less of a sense of anticipation about this one um, for the last few weeks, probably because there's been so much sort of negativity about league form and then people talking about poor ticket sales and all this sort of stuff. And then all of a sudden we're six gate, six wins and a draw in the league. Um, we're over 3,000 ticket sales and it just it feels really good. Suddenly I'm like really, really looking forward to it. Um, I think 3,000 is great. You know, our core support will be there. The ones that really, really kind of um, matter. Um, I think even though like there's often kind of like arguments online and that sort of stuff i think in those sort of situations actually the atmosphere is always really good people come together you see all the faces and the people that you've been seeing for for years at these games um i think there'll be a totally different level of expectation and optimism among the fans because of the form that we've been on recently um and we're not playing one of the old firm, which means we'll be spared all that because in circus and hoopla and patronising nonsense from the media, it means that Falkirk fans and Inverness fans can enjoy a day out in Glasgow and feel safe, probably mingle in those two pubs because there'll be none of that sort of aggro. And I think both teams are likely to go and go for it. You know, it'll be, it won't be a, a case of one team having to go out and try and kill a game or stifle the other or just hang on. They'll be going for it, so it'll probably be a really good match as well. So I think it's got the potential to be an excellent occasion. Great. Hamden is calling and he's saying, not you again. You got no solo rubber bumpers. Spit that. Well, well, well. Time to play the game. <laughs> Since we last spoke, the season has been transformed. Uh, six wins in a row prior to the Dundee game. Three clean sheets and three wins at home in a row. Uh, 18 points in that time, or well, 19 points if you include Dundee, making us a form team in the league. Nathan Shaw alone scoring four goals, and in the last seven games, seven of our goals have come in the last 20 minutes. So let's look mainly at the last three games. Saturday the 22nd of April, Dundee at home, 1-1. We're recording this in the evening of the match. Austin Samuels strike cancelling out Lyle Cameron's 60th minute opener. Big changes from the manager with the substitutions with uh, Samuels, Doran and Dan McKay replacing Danny Devine, Henderson and Boyd. Um, after D took the opener but it worked and we're still in the hunt just although I think it's only third or fourth that we can probably hope for him now Callum what was your take on the game? 
Um, oh, to be honest, we were, we started the game pretty poorly. Um, Dundee kind of hit us. They just try to hit his early doors. We we're pushed back for the first 10, 15 minutes. Then we slowly worked our way out. But we kind of missed Sean Welsh in the midfield overall. Um, we were missing a couple other players who were kind of slowing down. Um, the second half, I thought we were we, we conceded the goal. We reacted pretty well from it actually because the goal came from a counter attack. We, we it was a slack pass in the middle. I'm not sure who it was, but um, and then they hit us on the counter. Lyle Cameron scored. Um, then we we brought on obviously Dan McKay and Austin Samuels. Who, uh, to be fair, we changed the approach up because earlier on we were just kind of hoofing the ball up to their centre halves and they were scooping up everything. Whereas once we actually added a bit of pace for those two, we were kind of getting the ball over the top of them and in between them. So it was kind of working a lot better. And um, we kind of, as again, we could have maybe pushed for a winner. There was one where Cameron Harper just hit it across the box, but it was so so. I think a point was probably a fair result in the end for us. But see what others think. Who are the standouts for you, Sandy? Who are the real? Who are the guys that took the game by the scruff of the neck and managed to get the point or dug us out there? Uh, pretty much what Callum says. It was uh, substitutes that changed the game for us. Prior to that, we were we were really struggling to get near them in any way. Uh, Dundee took the lead. It was a bit of a defensive lapse. We responded well. We made two positive substitutions, and and they both ended up uh, making the ultimate difference. Dan McKay makes a great run, puts a great ball across goal, and. Once Aussie Samuels gets out of his feet, he manages to kind of finally tuck it away. And, you know, with only 50 minutes on the clock, it's another sort of late goal for us. And as Callum says, I think, given the way we finished the game afterward, the point was probably just about fair. I think for all the path and path that Dundee showed throughout the game, they, they struggled to break us down. Disappointing, though. We were, were sort of, for about, you know, what, a couple of weeks, we thought we were, we were in a, a league title hunt, Stevie, didn't we? I well, I'm a, I'm a glass half full guy, you know, Moff. But I think um, I'd have taken a point before today's game anyway, Moff. I think it's a it's a good point. It keeps not just the uh, sort of hunt the playoffs on. It keeps the momentum going for next Saturday, which is a massive game. So I mean, if we'd have lost today, all right, we're still been in the playoffs sort of race, but we'd be a bit deflated going into the Falkirk game. So I'm happy we're we're still in the mix. But yeah, I keep looking back to those two Hamilton games and the six points. But then also looking at the last couple of games against Cove and Hamilton, that could have been six points dropped. So yeah, swings made of rounds, but yeah, the boys have shown resilience to come back. And I know we weren't at the game today, but as far as, as, far as I'm seeing and what what, I, what, what what I'll say, the boys have said is um, it's pretty bang on. Put it at the start, probably some maybe wrong wrong positions at the start. Maybe playing Shaw through the middle didn't really work. But again, hopefully Welsh is back for next week, which we'll, uh, we'll rectify that. Do, do you think that's the case, boys, Sandy? Do you think that there's certain things that Dodds has been tinkering with and he needs to sort of, well, he will have decided now what his team's going to be, but what sort of decisions do you think he might have made based on, you know, that disappointing first half today? It was tough because like, I, I can only assume that Welsh not being in the squad means his hand was forced in, in making changes today. Um, that said, uh, Cameron Harper obviously started the game in midfield and he he struggled to kind of get to grips. I mean, Dundee were, were pretty intense for that first 20 minutes to half hour and uh, between him and Allardyce, they both kind of struggled to get the ball down and, and playing it. And once he diverted back to left back later on in the game, he looked a lot more comfortable. Uh, I would have liked to have seen Ben Woods maybe get a, a start today because he looked okay when he's come off the bench in, in recent matches. He looks quite tidy on the ball. It would have been decent to see him maybe get a bit more of game time going into that semi. Um, and at the same time, you know, Dan Devine's come back in the last sort of few games. Prior to that, it was Delaney and, and Dees as the centre-back pairing and they both look pretty good. So it's nice to have options like that. Uh, and yeah, like you say, the team will be decided, I assume, 
already for next week. But I don't see him changing things too, too much from, from today. Uh, maybe Dan Mackay will start on the, the back of his, his substitute performance today. I don't see it changing too greatly. And it, it, was a, it was a big attendance. Callum, I think, wasn't it? I was talking to my brother. He said, hell of a lot of Dundee fans there. And I think, what was he? Um, the attendance close to... It was four, three, about three, yeah. Yeah, three, four thousand. Yeah, good atmosphere, good atmosphere. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, they, well, the Dundee fans, pretty much until we scored, were pretty loud, to be honest. And then we shut them up once we had the goal. And I kind of felt as well, Argo, it kind of livened the place up a bit because it was a bit of a... I think it was just obviously because of the performance itself was a bit slow and, you know, we we're struggling to get in the game. But it was just kind of once the changes were made, there was a bit more positivity and then we scored and then we we're on top of it. And they never said much. And then again, it kind of speared out in the end. All right, well, we'll move on to uh, Tuesday 18th, uh, just a few days ago, Hamilton away, 2-1 win. Uh, what do most folk do on a Tuesday night? It's an awful day, not very much. Um, what was I doing? I was stood on a, a grass verge on the side of the M8 with Ross McKenzie's family automobile having suffered a puncture. And we thought that um, we thought that night our faint playoff hopes were going to be deflated as well, but it wasn't to be. The AA arrived inside five minutes, sorted us out inside of the road. And the MS arrived in the last 15 minutes, this is not just a football team. This is Cali Thistle. Ay, you enjoyed that game so much that you suffered a concussion at Billy Mackay's goal. Do you recall the game? Did you have a good time? Do you remember who you are now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember it well. Um, I did have to have a puncture in my head repaired by the, the paramedics <laughs> at Hamilton. Uh, uh, puncture caused by uh, Andrew Sutherland's um, saber teeth um, at the at the Billy Mackay goal. And what we what we saying here? He bit you. I, I think I right. I jumped up, and he kind of tried to jump on my back, and I was going backwards, and his yeah, his, he basically sank his teeth into my head. That's remar- That's remarkable. <laughs> that yeah, yeah. You would think that his teeth would have broke broken rather than your head. I obviously have a soft head, and he obviously has like teeth like iron anyway. But I, I mean, didn't even really feel it that much. But it's absolutely pish and blood anyway. But, um, okay, well, tell us about the game. Do you remember? I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I know it's Hamilton and I know they've been awful and we're overdue to win against them and all this sort of stuff, but I I really enjoyed the game and I quite enjoyed the performance and I was surprised when I went online and I saw that a lot of the reactions were saying, oh, ICT were really poor and uh, Hamilton were rotten and it was a terrible game. I thought we played some really, really nice possession football. You know, we kind of... First fifteen to twenty minutes. Um, I think you were still making your way your way in, but Stevie. Yeah, I missed. We, we missed stage. the first fifteen, but even, even when I got yeah. there, it looked like we had quite a lot of possession around their box, and we're yeah flooding players forward quite a lot. It was, it, that was it. it. I mean, we, we kept them pinned back, um, not because like we were like kind of just like you know running ferociously at them, but just because we were knocking the ball about really nicely, and our movement was really nice around the box. Um, the problem was obviously that there wasn't much of a final ball. You know, we just kind of like it was just this, this last kind of like uh, either. Shots or, or, or balls in the box weren't quite there. Uh, I mean, I wasn't surprised that Stephen Boyd kept his place against Dundee today because he actually his, his movement was really, really nice. Even though again he was guilty of kind of fluffing a couple of finishes, but um, yeah, having, having said that, it was sort of all all for nothing. Um, you know, in that yet again we conceded we conceded the first goal, beautiful free kick. Um, the good thing was, as you say, it's Cali Thistle. What, what we've seen in the last couple of weeks, both against them and against Cove, is that kind of spirit in the team that comes back. Um, and substitutions, as apparently they did today, made a difference. Uh, Dan Mackay and Austin Samuels both had uh, made important kind of contributions to the first goal. I mean, yeah. actually what Samuels did was he stood in the ball and fell on his arse, but to be fair to him, he actually got up and he kind of won the ball back and, and kept it alive. And that was really good. 
Uh, and then the second goal, the winning goal, the one that that, that caused my head injury was was absolutely tremendous. Um, Sean Welsh had looked just dead in his feet, you know. And um, but then Nathan Shaw won the ball in the right back area, you know, nicked it off. I can't remember who it was. It was attacking, drove forward, you know, really hard to knock off the ball. He puts a cuts a ball inside. Sean Welsh looks like he's kind of probably second favourite to get to it, but he does. He drives forward, really nice kind of um, slide pass to to Mackay, and just a beautiful strike is finished by Mackay just off the inside of the post. It was it was a gorgeous goal, you know, and it was it was kind of like a worthy winner of it. So yeah, I thought it was a. Uh, um, a decent opening performance, a really good philosophy in terms of the way that we want to play football. And then after a kind of a dip in our performance and, and being unlucky to go behind, we actually, we rallied incredibly well. It was a really, really satisfying game. Stevie, do you think there was a few players given the opportunity in this match um, as they were in the Dundee game to a certain extent? Is there anyone that, that stood out for you? Anyone that made an impact? Anyone you think, look, yes, we're definitely going to use you in some capacity in the semi-final? No, no, no one really stood out. I mean, you, you, you as Ay said, you, the first fifty minutes it was, and I'm, I'm not lying. It was like watching Celtic play this season. It was gung ho. It was free flowing football. It was all out attack, and then for some reason we just we just couldn't get the ball in the net. So no one's. I mean, I, I, I like Sandy's uh, sort of comment about Ben Woods. I think he's a player, um, but he's also in the position where. It's the most condensed part of the pitch, but it's the most cemented pitch as well. I mean, I'd love Davey Carson in there and he can't get in, which means it obviously Woods is behind him. But I don't, don't think anyone's cemented a place more, but I think there's there's food for thought whether you go with Samuels, Boyd or Mackay and then obviously Harper or Delaney. That's the two for me that's, that's not picked yet for next week. All right. We'll talk about Cove. 2-1 win. Uh, another comeback, this time coming from a goal down to win 2-1, courtesy of goals from that man Billy Mackay again and the resurgent Cammy Harper. Um, how do we set up in this one, Callum, and who are your standouts um, away at Cove? It was a pretty normal setup, the 4-2-3-1, but we actually brought in Danny Devine for um, Robbie Dees, which I assume it was just because of, the again, the, the four games in the two weeks, the Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. So that's why I assume we did that. Um, the game itself, to be honest, Cove kind of just sat back, so we were pretty much for the majority of the, the first half and a bit of the second. We were just struggling to break them down. There was a lot of just slack passes. We never looked at the races. And then um, Ian Vager scored a pretty good free kick. But from my angle, you could see the corner was like open and he just slotted in there. I turned around to Ross and mentioned that as well. But um, I, 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 missed, fair, I missed this game. Was Did he enjoy that? Yeah, oh. yeah, he was giving it. Yeah, he was giving it the big licks. Uh, the, young, the young team were giving a couple of tunes beforehand. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but after that, um, to be fair, it seemed, it seemed to kind of switch when we brought on Aaron Doran, I think, because again, as we were mentioning earlier about the Sean the Ted, it didn't really click at Cove. So then we brought on Aaron Doran and we looked like a total different team, uh, got a couple of passes going and then we got the penalty. Um, obviously, Billy McKay slotted home the penalty pretty well and then a bit of brilliance by Cameron Harper, who drove across the box and then smashed it in the corner with his right foot. But um, another one as well, we, you know, we responded well from the goal again, but we probably deserved to win overall again. Stevie, an awful place to play football that we might never have to go back to, thankfully. A horrible game, horrible pitch, horrible place. I mean, put them down, please. But uh, it's the sort of game that, even when we won 1-0 down, again, even at Hamilton, although my ass was sort of sweating, I thought we'd come back. Um, again, you know, as, as Callum said, subs made the difference, so I thought Doran could be on. It's just, it's, it's what we didn't have two months ago, and we'll, we'll go into that later on, probably about the team off, but We've got options off the bench now that make impacts. Yeah. That's, that, that's interesting hearing you all. You're all saying the same things, you know? You're all at one game or you're all at all the games. Um, 
subs are making a difference. And I said at the top there, and I think we, in the last, sorry, we've scored seven goals in um, seven games, I think, that have been in the last 20 minutes of the matches, which is obviously due to making the changes and making the subs, which is obviously beneficial to the manager having the options. But obviously, with having all the players available, we're actually winning more games. It's as simple as that, isn't it? Competitional muff, isn't it? I mean, that's the thing. If you know, if you're playing in a, I'm not going to say a weak squad, but if you know, let's go back to like January, February when we had no subs, you could probably play a six out of ten and probably play the next week. Now, if you're not performing and there's boys in the bench that have got a chance of replacing you, you're going to up your game, aren't you? So it's, yeah. Competition breeds it. So it's, it's, it's a healthy environment at the moment, mate. So. Well, mate, continue. Okay, let's touch very, 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 very briefly on Arbroath, Wraith and Morton. Um, a line from one person in each. Uh, Tuesday 11th of um, April, Arbroath 2-0 win, a rocket from Shinaldo and a postage stamp Allardyce penalty. I, I did see Dick Campbell bemoaning his missed chances and claiming they were the better side. Um, was that the case, Sandy, or does Dick need to borrow a pair of glasses? No idea where he could get a pair from. I suppose by that point we were kind of on the run you know, we'd already picked up a few wins, but you know how they like to play. They're very stuffy, very defensive, and they make life very difficult for you. And they were quite partial, giving a kick into some of our boys. Jay Henderson got it pretty bad from a few players on occasion. Uh, but there was a confidence in us. You could see it. We were just kind of, the, the football was good. We were knocking it about pretty well. We were just struggling to get the chances. But then once Shaw put us ahead, we just, we didn't look back, really. We were in total control. And they were starting to lose the head a bit. I think it was Joe Balde. He didn't come out after half time. So I think they were worried he was going to get sent off. So he got subbed off. Um, and then obviously later on in the game, we get the penalty. The boy, boy at left box trying to see it out. Henderson pips him to the ball and he just pulls him down. Very simple penalty to give and very well dispatched by Allardyce. But then, you know, doing what we do this season, we don't stick to the script. A minute later, Jay Henderson walks for a, a high boot. Um, which I think was just frustration because he'd been kind of taking lick the whole game from Arbroath and I think he just kind of had enough at that point. You know, young player, he'll learn from it, but it didn't affect the result in the end and I suppose that was the most important thing. Okay, uh, the eighth race at home, 2-0 win, two goals in the first 20 minutes from that man, Jay Henderson, and from that man, Nathan Shaw, and then easy street for the remainder of the game. Callum, um, playing race, do you just sit there with your feet up and the cigars out? Play a bit, a bit of Sudoku or yeah, well, yeah, snake, especially, snake especially that. Got an old yeah. Nokia. yeah, especially that day, to be honest, because it literally was about. I think it took us about twenty minutes, and we absolutely dominated the first twenty minutes. And then Jay Henderson scored a pretty good goal, and then five minutes later, Nathan Shaw scored a, a great goal from outside the box as well. So the game itself that day, you, you might as well just go. go you might just anyway. leave. Might as well just go to the pub. Games, yeah. Won. Honestly, you might have, once I hit two 0 to be honest, we weren't Simple doing absolutely that. anything in that game. Yeah, it was a pretty much a stroll in the park that day. And, a solid enough win and it was on to the next one pretty much. Yeah. Okay, Saturday the 1st, last one, Morton 1, uh, ICT 2, another wonderful day out in Greenock, an Allardyce rocket and the rarity that is an 88th minute Davy Carson strike. I very much enjoyed watching that ball hit the back of the net from my vantage point at the top of the, the Titan crane end that I uh, managed to sneak into. Um, did you have a nice day out, Steve? I did, mate, yeah. Probably not as good as you did. Um, uh, I won't ask you what time you go home that night, but not it was good watching you up in the up in the way stand and sort of hope being a lone away fan. But I, I see this one. I was more nervous about this one than I was even Hamilton the other night. I mean, if you if you, if you remember just before we got the winner, your head rocketed a thirty yard off the bar, which 
I mean, we'd have been a winner strike, but I, I couldn't see ball coming. Um, it's been a tough place for us this season to get points, Moff, but yeah, it was uh, delightful when David Carson popped up for what I. What, it's only just set to go off the club. I didn't, I didn't realise it was that low. Really? I, mean, I remember when it, it was, I guess they're filming in lockdown. I remember the, watching The other one was an absolutely superb superb goal from right back, wasn't it? And he, 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 the Morton goal, Moff. Yeah. First keeper, but I'm surprised he's only got two goals from us uh, so far, but. I love that victory, mate. I'll take it. Yeah. All right. Well, that Actually, can we see, see that goal. Give it. Give credit to both Shaw and Boyd for that goal as well. The, the diagonal cross field from Shaw and then the wee kind of um, ball through from Boyd. Absolutely beautiful. You know. No, I agree with it. Definitely. Okay. Great well. Goal. Okay. Well, that was the football. The games have been and gone. Now there are only two cup finals left, and then maybe another. Well, hopefully another six cup finals after that. Callie Thistle, never boring since 1994. Talk to me, Nathan Shaw played 30 games, 31 games I think, started 18 of them. He's been a standout in the last six, seven games and arguably since the turn of the year. He's second only to Billy Mackay with some eight league goals to his name. He came from sixth-year National League Northside filed in the summer, of which he only scored three last season. Stevie spoke to Nathan Shaw. Before we talk about the semis and what's coming up, I mean... How pleased are you with your current form, mate? You're on, you're on fire at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, uh, I'm doing well. Um, and probably hit a bit of form at the right part of the season. Um, when it's the most important games, really. Uh, and they mean the most. So I've just got to keep it going until the end, really. Is it taking you well to adapt to Scottish football that bit? I mean, obviously, you, you were in and out of the team at the beginning of the season. But because you've had a run now and you're maybe more comfortable with your surroundings, has that, has that helped your, um, your performances in the pitch? Yeah, I'd say that's uh, spot on, really. I felt like I just needed a run of games in the team. And uh, to be fair, the gaffer has given me that and he's trusted me. And uh, I'm delighted with how it's gone, really, since then. Perfect, mate. So this podcast will go just before the semis. We've got a couple of games before then, but let's let's skip forward in time. So it's Falkirk in the semis. I mean, if you know the history, obviously, you've, you've seen the photos around the club, obviously, of us winning the cup. We beat Falkirk in the final. But we have a different game this one, Nathan, because we are probably on paper the favourites and the last two rounds we've been underdogs is that does that bring extra pressure for you and the boys or are you obviously just, just happy to be there uh, I won't say it'll bring extra pressure uh, obviously it's going to be a big occasion um, semi-finals always something you look forward to playing um, and it doesn't matter who it's against really we're going to play um, the same as we would no matter who it will be against and prepare the exact same and hopefully get a positive outcome in that semi-final and then Spoke to a few boys that played for the club in previous semis, and for you, it's obviously it's first probably major set big cup competition you've been involved in. It's obviously your first season in Scotland, first season at the club. I mean, what, have you have any sort of I don't know, views in Hampden before? But any big games, Scotland games against England, for example. But have you seen games at Hampden on TV before that's making your mouth water for this this occasion? Yeah, I've obviously seen games there before that have been on the telly. Uh, but you're playing at a national stadium, so in England it's like playing at Wembley. Um, so just got to look forward to it, really, and um, see what can happen there. Yeah, it's a big pitch, obviously, and someone like yourself, obviously, likes to obviously get the ball down and take it wide. I mean, it's 
could be great for you, mate. I mean, it's a bit of a lovely surface, so I'm sure that's something that's appealing to you as well. Yeah, it's, it's definitely something to look forward to. Uh, playing on a good pitch, lovely stadium, stuff like that. Uh, I'm not sure how many fans will be there, uh, but it's going to be a, a good atmosphere and it'll be something to remember. And I take it you'll have a family coming up and uh, I'm sure you'll be well back from the, the stands from your side. Yeah, there'll be a family coming up, yeah. So um, it'll be a good experience for them as well. Uh, just hopefully we can repay them and win the game. And uh, obviously, looking back at your first season so far, they're unhappy with the move to Scotland. And I mean, your current form, mate, it looks like it's, it's turned out well, hasn't it? Yeah, it's gone really well, to be fair. Um, when I came up, uh, I knew that I was going to have to work hard to get myself in the team after the squad did well last year. And um, I feel like I've worked hard. And um, really, I've enjoyed it. And then more and more I played, I feel like I've got better. As, it, as we were saying before, it's obviously just game time, but is there anything else changing your game? Is, it, is, is the manager said something to you? I mean, is it just that run of form, run, run of games that brings on the form? Has anything changed in your game in the last couple of months? Uh, I'd say the run of, run of games has obviously given me the confidence and um, that's been massive, really. But obviously working with the gaffer, who was also a forward player, uh, I'd say he's helped me training and stuff like that to get into positions where you're in the box and you can get on the score sheet. And then, I mean, a variation of goals, obviously, with the goal against the Brostar week, was a, was a, actually, I thought it was a better finish than when I first seen it in person, but is it something you set yourself targets now at the end of the season, whether it be assists or goals, if you get any, you don't have to share them with me, but if you get any certain numbers in mind that you would you'd like to get to? Yeah, I've always had a personal goal, what to get to. Uh, and obviously, being in and out of the team starting the season, um, didn't help that but I'm playing catch up now and I'm getting myself into a position where I can get to what I wanted to get to in our season preview pod I said I, I like him because he looks I look back at my notes because he looks like a kids TV presenter and I hoped that he would go on to become more of a go-jetter than a Mr Tumble but he has started like Mr Tumble and he's turned into super potato absolutely unstoppable and undroppable um, Stevie, he's obviously he's a young lad. He's a nervous lad, but he did actually he did actually still sound sounded very confident in his answers to you. I was short and sweet. I mean, yeah, it was um, yeah, it was it wasn't wasn't so in depth, but I think speak to Billy and Preston. I think he's he's a, he's a quite shy guy. I don't think he's he's most extrovert sort of personality, but I think that's maybe what you see this play him off. I think he's. He's maybe a quiet guy around the club and he's probably taken a little bit of time to get used to the city and a new league, new country. But I don't think his talents have been for I I I I I'll admit I don't think he's gonna be the player he's turned into, but he's I mean he's, he's undroppable now. But I think he's the sort of guy that just needed that run of games. He said that in the press on last week to me that just give me running five or six games and then I'll show you what I've got and he's he never had that until what February maybe, as late as that. So he's yeah, he's, he's he's one of the most important players of the team. I don't think he's probably the night's overnight out, but you never know the quiet ones are the day, the deadly ones. I mean, they <laughs> why in the podcast see having a night out and you'll yeah. uh, you'll see out saying that. But yeah, no, he's he's brilliant, mate, and uh, yeah, they continue. I have to, I have to say, I I didn't. I, I, I normally I think I can normally think of a spot a player where he's going to be good or not, but I didn't. I didn't spot it with him. I have to hold my hands up. I thought he didn't look like a player when he signed. And um, my brother, who's played at a, obviously a higher level than I have, um, is very keen to keep telling me how much he uh, he knew he was a player <laughs> he signed. Um, but I know he's been absolutely phenomenal for the club in terms of the goals he scored and everything. But what did you boys think? Were you convinced straight away? Did you see a player in there? 
you could see there was there was sort of raw bits of ability, um, you know, good delivery, you know, he had the sort of uh, ability to beat a man as well, you know, confidence was there, but you know, you could see it at the start of the season, the confidence most definitely wasn't there. Um, but you know, as he said in the interview, once he got a run of games, which is probably what he needed, and I think also he needed to probably play where he was more comfortable. He seems more comfortable on the left side than he does on the right. And since then, he's just never looked back, really. And, uh, you know, he's played in that 10 as well when he's had to. And he's maybe not always as effective there, but one thing's for sure is that when he has played there, he's popped up with the goals. And it's not just, you know, any goals. They've been important goals as well. You know, you look at the winner against Partick. So it doesn't really seem to matter what the occasion is. He doesn't, you know, he's undeterred by that. He just keeps going. And it's, it's just great to see because, you know, for a while there, it didn't look like it was going to work out from here. Whereas, as, as we can see now, he's one of the first players on the team sheet. I think a couple of things have started to emerge about him that we didn't recognise straight away. One of them is very, very hard to knock off the ball once he's on it. You know, he just seems to, he's not got much pace about him, but there's just something about him there. The ball seems to stick to him and like players, you know, can't really, you know, can't get him off it. To be honest, there was, it was, I think it was just as the injury thing started, he had a, like a kind of good run for a good, like two or three games. And then he went off the boil again. There was one game he scored two really good individual goals, but I can't remember for like me who it was against. And oh, the then, air game. The air United, game, that was home. it. Yeah. yeah. There was, was that was, yeah, that was the one to, yeah, we went two one down, and then he got two. two he scored the second goal near the end, and he skinned like right. three of their defenders. Yeah, he had a really good run there, and that's where you kind of saw the glimpse. And then he kind of went off the boil again for a bit, and then pretty much probably say from the Livingston game, I would say, where we played him kind of up and just behind Mackay, and even the ball he put in for Sean Welsh that day, to be honest, just the way he hung up the cross. But ever since that day, he's kind of just hit a bit of form, and he's not really looked back since, to be honest. Yeah. I've remembered what it was. It's the way he seems to be able to steal and nick a ball off a player. He's done that a few times in games recently. You know, that's one of the things that he's going to start doing. And in fact, he did that in that um, the game against Hamilton. In fact, it was that thing, nicking the ball in, in the right back area. And I've seen him do that three or four times recently, um, really stealthy. And that, that's, that's an important quality to have. Okay, well, next up, we take a trip back in my DeLorean to 2003. Where'd you want to drink? Well, 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 the Glen Alvin, the Sicilian, the Jolly Trooper, the Castle Talker, Cupcus Jocker, Dives at Gallon, the City Bar, number 27, Phoenix Slaughters, Love to Love, Cake Exchange, and Mambo's Hush, Heepies, Jeepies, Johnny's, Riley's, Burgies, Kilmore, Hoop, and Onnies. Welcome to my hot tub semi-final time machine number one it's the 20th of april 2003 george bush jr playstation 2 dawson's creek saddam hussein and make love by room five featuring oliver cheatham And the 20th of April 2003, Hampden Park was the scene of ICTFC's first ever Scottish Cup semi-final. Just a mere nine years after coming into existence as a football club, we'd beaten Celtic 1-0 in the quarter-final, courtesy of who else? Dennis Wynas. We made four changes to the side, which lost to Clyde um, the week before. Out went Grant Monroe, Charlie Christie, Stephen Hislop and Liam Keogh. And into the side came Dennis Wynas, Paul Ritchie, Roy McBain and Stuart Golovic. So the team consisted of back to front Brown, McCaffrey, Mann, McBain, Golovic, Tokley, Duncan Hart, Robson, Wynas, Ritchie with the subs. Fraser, Christie, Bagan, Stewart and Keogh. The attendance was 14,489. 
But let's hear the story of the club's first semi-final from a man who was a key part of it. None other than club icon and friend of the pod, Ross Tokley. How's things you? I think last time you were in the pod, you were still with St Dusses, but you're, you're made of the resurgence back when there, and uh, with all accounts looking at results, you're, you're doing pretty well there. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, got a bit of a surprise call to to go back into the Highland League and uh, old friend of mine, uh, Steve Mackay, um, Davey Hind, asked me to go back and I've just loved it ever ever since I went back and uh, signed there. So, yeah, uh, signed again for, for next year, a bit glutton for punishment, I think. But oh, I, think next year, I think next year is going to be the, the last one, to be honest with you. It's just, um, yeah, I think it's probably time. But the fitness is good and I'm enjoying it and um, we've won a lot of games since I've went in and um, it's certainly a really good club well-run club and I've really been impressed with them so um, yeah it's just been um, at my stage in my career just having fun, fun and, uh, and winning games so yeah it's been all good Let's talk about Dundee so I think leading up to the game obviously that it, it changed the 2015 run and I, I'm only using that because also we beat Celtic obviously in the Sunday after they obviously famously beat Liverpool at Anfield and yeah I'm not going to say it was after Lord Mayor's show, but it's like the, the big game before a smaller game, although it was at Hamden. But you boys had the weird uh, caveat, didn't you? Because Rangers had won the league, or were winning, going to win the league, they were in the cup final. So the winner of the Dundee game was going to be in Europe. Was that pressure, an extra caveat? How was, how was the sort of, I'm not going to say step down from the Celtic game, but what was the, the thoughts going into the, the Dundee game at Hamden? We definitely fancied our chances. Um, you know, we had really good. Uh, team on paper and a lot of very good players and it was one of them we did we did know that that was the carrot um you know it was our I think our first semi-final and yeah I thought we I thought we had a good chance to win the game although we weren't favorites um Dundee had a very very strong side um full of sort of a mix of of players from from um foreign foreign fields and also a couple of good Scottish boys in there as well so yeah it was when we looked at we, we thought we could do well and certainly um, on paper they were the strongest side but um, John Robertson being him um, certainly, you know, certainly was a positive week leading up to the game um, and yeah we, we definitely fancied our chances but I just think that even I think it was such a hot day down at Hamden and I, I felt it in the warm up as well it was it was roasting hot um, and the first sort of 10-15 minutes just sort of just flew by Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was it was quite a quick, quick sort of warm up and, and build up. Really, it was really kind of sort of can't really remember much myself actually. So, and I never had any drink that day. So <laughs> until after, the, until after. So see the, the, the team. I mean, that, that was the year also. Robo came in. God, it must have been December, wasn't it? Against the Birmingham's first game. But that was Robo's obviously half season in charge. But the team is established. But a lot of you boys have played at Hamden. Especially yourself, obviously coming through the leagues. I guess Queen's Park, but what's the difference playing at hand in a semi-final as opposed to Queen's Park? Is is it a people say the pitch is big and stuff like that, and you can tell from right or wrong, but is it a different mentality going into a big game or is it easier knowing that you've played there before and you've you know the layout of the pitch and the stadium and, and all sorts? Yeah, totally different. Totally different. I think just the build up really and it was a Scottish Cup semi-final, and I think if you ask any player they want to have play there in a semi or a final, so I just felt it quite quite zapping yeah, I thought it was like it was I was buzzing but I was also aware of like the, the heat and also just the, the, the sort of playing at Hamden and that sort of pressure of, of playing there and I, 
yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I was, I was buzzing. But I just said I did feel a little bit the first five, ten, fifteen minutes. I was I was trying to get my second wind, and you know some of these players are really sharp. So it was you know John Robertson made sure that we try and get off to a really good sharp uh, start, and you know certainly I felt the tempo in the first compared to the champ well, league uh, division one at the time we were in was was a bit of a golf a golf really. Yeah, we did start off well, and we did. Mm-hmm. I thought we were really competitive in the first half. Um, you know, it was just so disappointing to to lose that goal, and it seemed to. It was such a tight game, to be honest with you. I always thought once that sort of first half an hour, and I always thought it was going to be really tight. There wasn't going to be a lot of goals in the game, and you know, I thought we did ourselves a lot of credit, but certainly um, to go from Division One, and there were some good sides in there, but I would say to the to the standard and the tempo that Dundee played at um, was was impressive, you know. I mean, Dundee were, that's when they were throwing the money about, whether the, the money was theirs or not, and obviously they found trouble after that. But what was it? I mean, going into half time, I remember going for a pie at half time, I'm thinking, we've got us in the bag. Also, you know, you don't, you don't take into obviously context of what the weather, how hot it was. And you've said, obviously, you you probably sat up to half time. But what, what was Rob saying at half time? Because obviously the, the game's there for the, the taking, isn't it? Yeah, it was, again, John's a positive kind of guy. And, as a manager, he was he was one in Parky as well, so it was just to go round everybody, and you know certainly at half time we had a chance, and you know we're still in the game um, at that score, so um, yeah, it was nothing, it was nothing bad. Again, he was he was kind of sort of saying how well we've done the first half and the start exactly to the game plan we wanted to start well, and but again, you know the boys are the boys. I I just felt it was you know one of those days where it was it sort of zapped us the energy levels and. We were a fit side, but I think um, on the day it was at times it was one of those games where you, you come away from thinking, you know, what if, what if I did this? Just a couple of little things in, individually wise, we, we maybe could have done. Um, but it was certainly a chance to. If, I think if we scored first, it would mean a different game. Um, but again, it was a tight game, and I, I thought we played well. To be honest with you, I, I really did over the piece. Um, but we just ne- maybe never never created enough. I know. I think their um, I think the goal was like sort of twelve, thirty minutes to go. I'd imagine when that goes in, it's half sink, doesn't it? Obviously, the the tiredness is creeping in by that point again. So, not ideal. Yeah, no. I, I felt the last ten minutes. I felt it was weird because I, I had a lot of um, different sort of feelings throughout my career. But I, the last ten minutes, I actually quite felt quite fresh, and I was. I felt when I was I was kind of I was playing on the opposite side, so it was probably the sunny side because the first half I was in the shade a little bit more because of the. The stand, but um, I remember the family were sitting over that side, and we did push the last t- sort of ten minutes, and we weren't like under a lot of pressure, but certainly we were looking to get the equaliser. So, on a personal level, I felt all right, but uh, as I said, it just kind of the, the game kind of drifted away, and at the end of the day, the referee blew his whistle, and that was it. So, just so disappointing to to go out one nil and be so close to, to to making a bit of history for the club, getting in Europe. And also to get into the the first final, really, you know, mm-hmm. it, you know, the team we, we were so strong. I, I felt fancied our chances against any Premier League side um, mm-hmm. back then. So we were such a good cup side as well. <laughs> We've seen Cali Thistle in the heart still, and teams didn't want to play us. So I think that's what we we sort of started was the, the you know being such a good cup side. Um, but on a personal level, get Hamden and, and get that close was was disappointing, but. Certainly, one I always cherish. I'm I'm looking at the squad now. It's a good mix of old and young. There's boys that have won the cup in 2015 still there, such an arid and, and Danny Devine. But there's boys that 
like uh, Roger McGregor, who's unfortunately injured, but Cammy Harper, they were on the bench for the Hearts game in 2019. So there's that mix of boys that have been to semis, boys that have won it. That'll help them going into the game next Saturday, won't it? It will do. Um, I was at the game against Hearts and I, I, they didn't turn up at all, to be honest with you. I didn't think Hearts were all, overly great. No. But you have you have to turn up. You have to turn up and the experience they've got in the team to to, to sort of drive that into the, the boys that maybe have, are less experienced. But for me, um, Inverness are the form side of, of the league um, and you can't buy that. Um, they'll go in as strong favourites, um, playing Falkirk, a league below. But for me, um, to have that momentum going into a semi-final, uh, you know, whatever happens this weekend, um, you know, they've, they've been playing really well, getting good results. Um, and even sometimes when they haven't been playing well, they've, they've managed to, to grind and get, get wins. So, um, yeah, they'll use all the experience. Um you know, it's just one of those games where you don't want to have any regrets. We're definite favourites, but again, Falkirk pose that threat, and they've, you know, they, they'll be looking to do their side. They've got their own agenda. Um, you know, for a, for a League One side to get in semi-finals is, you know, you've got to give them the respect. They must have, you know, done well in the, in the cup so far. So on that side, it's is you know great for a Scottish club to to get in a semi-final League One side. So, but Inverness you need to be wary of that and make sure they're really professional and. You know, as I said before, the momentum of the team um, the last sort of seven, eight games has been excellent. I was at the Kamarnock game where, again, they were underdogs and, and they produced the goods. So they've, they've got players on form as well. So I just think it's, you know, definitely been favourites, but also the confidence the confidence in the side is is great. And, you know, Billy won't have to say much in his, his team talks. You know, these, this game's going to speak for themselves and he'd just be looking for to treat it like a, a normal game, a, a, a league game, and be very professional and get the job done. That's 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 the main thing for me. Just get the job done, win the game, and then you're in a national final. Ross, as usual, talking talking from the heart, um, talking about his experiences there as a as a young player. Um, Andrew, what was your your memories of of the semi final back in two thousand and three? Uh, hazy. Uh, my friend Simon uh, had a flat in uh, Calder Street, so pretty close to Hamden. And um, I'd actually been at the Motherwell Rangers game the day before, the semi-final day before, because I'm married to a, a Motherwell supporter. And we'd been out that night, so it was just like, kind of those weekends that kind of merged into everything kind of merged into one. Um, so my biggest memory of it, apart from just the, the, the kind of sheer kind of unreality of actually being at Hamden for a semi-final, thinking about just how young a club we were at the time, the biggest memory was was Dennis Wynas' shot that I think came off the post, you know, an absolutely colossal shot um, that we thought was going in. And then obviously that kind of really slow motion feeling of uh, Nimzadze's goal, kind of it just seemed to trundle, you know, you see it now, it's a beautiful finish, yeah, but just at the time, it's one of those, you knew it was happening, but everything kind of slowing down to nothing and kind of feeling your, your hopes running away at the same time. Um, but yeah, the rest of the game's a wee bit of a blur, you know what I mean? Um, it was a fantastic occasion. It wasn't to be, but um, it, it was it was brilliant and definitely didn't expect to be back the following year, you know. Steve? I, I, I remember it well. I mean, just a wee side note, I, I, I took a, a lady on a, on a second date to that game and I got absolutely blotto and um, it never came, but... Um, I get back to the game. Um, I thought we were tremendous the first first half. Um, we started off really, really strongly. Um, I remember Bobby, Bobby the header just wide to the post. Paul Richie did a little lob of the keeper. Um, and 
it was, it was, it was called a young Julian Speroni. It was Speroni touched on the post. Hey, why it wasn't on the post, but it was a That's right. game, but it was. I'd imagine you'd, you'd be next to me in the North Stand in that area. I mean, the Mars's goal took about in 45 minutes to go. It took forever, but they, they weren't that great. I mean, the boy Caballero caused Roscoe a lot of problems, and I think Roscoe referenced that a wee bit in his interview, but yeah, I thought we held, we held our own. I mean, it was just probably a season too early. I think um, if we'd maybe added Barry Robson to the team we'd had in 20, uh, 2004, we'd have been fairly comfortably. But yeah, it was a young team that had obviously been to level that much that, that high sorry but yeah I thought I thought first half we were tremendous it just it, once the goal went in and I think it was like 70 minutes it just it killed us but yeah 78 yeah, 78 minutes yeah 8 minutes was it I and uh, yeah that lady uh, just left my life and uh, we move on but yeah it was a it was a good day out. I remember we took a bus so I was living in Inverness at the time and we took a bus, a minibus down, and there used to be only a handful of us that went to the away games. But for that game, you know, we like more than doubled in size in terms of our number. So that'll probably be the case for the semi-final um, this coming weekend. Um, you'll have a lot of people that maybe don't usually go to games that will be going to the games, and it'll be a good carnival sort of party atmosphere. So, um, guys, obviously, you, how, how old are you two? How, how old are you two when this game took place? Were you born? <laughs> Uh, I was uh, four at the time. I was 11. and I I, I was actually hoping to go to that game, but if I recall correctly, my father was uh, commuting to Perth quite a lot for work at the time and uh, didn't really feel like coming back up the road to pick me up, so he just stayed down in the central belt and headed straight to the match at the weekend once work had commenced. And you've held it against him ever since? Not Not completely. He's listening to this right now. Get it off your chest. (laughs) <laughs> Time for a break for Ramadan, and then we're going to speak to the Falkirk fan. Oh, that rhymes. There you go. I, d- I didn't have that written down. <laughs> Made that one up. Always the best. Always the best ones you don't prepare. Yeah. <laughs> Inverness, what the hell? How you doing? No barter sell for shitty weather, drugs, and pissness. Inverness is a fucking business. Falkirk, what do we know about Falkirk? Often reviled among Scottish football club supporters across the country. But what do we know about Falkirk? Falkirk is home to the world's only rotary canal connected in the world, the Falkirk Wheel. Falkirk was the first town in Great Britain to have a fully automated system of street lighting. Um, one of the principal offices of the UK Child Support Agency covering Scotland and the northeast of England is located in Falkirk, hence why they're called the Bairns. And Falkirk reached the final of the Scottish Cup on five occasions, merging victorious twice uh, in, respectively, 1913 and 1957. But shut the fuck up, Moffat. Tell us who scores their goals and who's the bomb scare at the back. Not a problem, everybody. We spoke with Ross Wayne from the Falkirk Daft podcast to find out. Question Number one question I have to ask you, Ross, is how daft are you? Um... Not actually that daft, to be honest. So uh, where where the name came from, so my co-host, John, he did a, a podcast for a few years uh, called Football Daft. And um, with, I think, you had Grado and Ewan Cameron and stuff like that. So John's the producer, was the producer of that show. So for years I had been bugging him saying, look, you do a Football Daft, you do Wrestling Daft. What about Falkirk Daft for your own team? And he just didn't have the time. And then last summer, we thought, we'll go for it. 
And uh, yeah, that's where Falkirk Daft was born. So, but yeah, in terms of myself, I'm not actually that daft, to be fair. <laughs> right. So you're, but you're professionals then. You're not like the way in a shuffle. You're, you sound like you're professionals. Well, not me. No, listen, I'm as uh, unprofessional. <laughs> oh, by, as by association. Up. By association. Well, by association, maybe. Yeah. Jordan's the pro. He's the media guru. But uh, no, right. banking is my uh, <laughs> day job. Okay. And, uh, right. talking careful, about he, careful you say that. Well, uh, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and talking about Falkirk's the, uh, the passion, though. Okay, right. Well, let's. What I normally do is, is we haven't had a fan on for a while, but this is obviously it's, it's such a massive game for both football yes, clubs, huge. for both sets of supporters. You guys have sold, I think, seven thousand tickets or something like that. Is that? Uh, I think the last update I saw, the club put an email out on Wednesday. I think they said seven six or something like that. I think we might hit eight, but I don't think it'll go any higher than that. To be honest. That's a phenomenal amount of fans. It's uh, it's testament to your support. I know you had, I think, something like 10,000 at the game against Dunfermline recently in a midweek, didn't you? Yes, that was a big game through Eastern Park. Unfortunately, less said about the result, the better. But um, yeah, it just showed the the size of the two clubs. Obviously, we yeah. are where we are in terms of League One, deservedly where we are. But um, ugh, there's never a shortage of a potential there. So I yeah. think if, if we could get ourselves back into the Championship and... Take it from there, you never know, but I just need to get there first. Obviously, we're just going to talk about the semi-final itself. That's the podcast all focused on the Indeed. semi-final um, more than anything else, really. So, But very briefly, what's what's your chances at the moment, you know, for a fan that hasn't looked at the... With, we don't look we don't look as far down the, the divisions as League One, <laughs> the Seaside yeah, Leagues. Yeah, uh, so what, yeah. tell, tell the Cali Thistle fans, you know, where are you? How are you placed for the playoffs um, the, towards the end of the season? So we're currently in second place, which sounds very, very optimistic. However, um, since we qualified for the semi-final, our form has been really patchy at best. A um, couple of defeats, a few draws, sprinkling of wins. It's not been brilliant. Um, however, we have had a far, far better season than previous years. And I am optimistic of... The playoffs, um, we've shown that we can beat the other teams that are around us. Obviously, we don't know who will be uh, uh, coming down as a as a playoff contender yet. Um, so there's a few different options there that it could be. But um, yeah, so do you know what? It's a it's it's one off games, isn't it? The playoffs. So we need to be optimistic. But as you say, next Saturday is absolutely massive for for us uh, for both teams. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about. Let's go through uh, go through some of the questions normally ask. So, uh, the gaffer John McGlynn, he's coming over mm. the summer. What's he like? How are the fans taking to him? Uh, took to him really, really well. Um, do you know what? His first manager we've had since Peter Houston, um, who obviously was the manager when we when we last faced Inverness in the the Scottish Cup final back in twenty fifteen. Let's say it again about that the better. But um, oh, don't no, worry, no. what we talk about that? <laughs> you don't need to talk. I'm about sure it. you will. But no, John John McGlynn, uh, old school type manager but he seems to have loads of good ideas and um, he worked obviously with Brendan Rodgers for a period at Celtic and that seems to be because we had uh, John McGlynn and Paul Smith as guests on our podcast earlier in the season and they talk about influences and Brendan Rodgers seems to be the the sort of main one from his time at Celtic when he was uh, coaching and scouting so he's, he's quite a for, for being an older manager his philosophy seems pretty good, pretty switched on in terms of trying to play football the right way. It's not always the best in League One in terms of because you're coming up against teams that are probably not putting as much focus on on getting the ball down and 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 playing football, but um, scoring goals uh, we've done quite well with this year. 
um, although they have dried up recently. Um, but yeah, no, really chuffed with him. And uh, I think this summer he'll have a chance to build his own squad because 60% of the budget when he came in last summer was already spent on really? horrible, horrible players um, that uh, were signed under the previous regime. Right. So um, I think he'll, he'll put his stamp on it this summer. Hopefully it's a championship, but if not, it'll obviously be League One and see how we go. Yeah. Okay, so what about tactics information? What uh, what can we expect you to line up with in the semi? And, and does McGlynn, does he deviate from his game plan? Does he have a few um, different options up his up his sleeve so the game's not going his way? You know, substitutions mm, are making him part. Yeah. What, what, what sort of football, what sort of setup do you think you'll have on um, um, the 20th? If he, if he sticks, so recently he has tried to change his formation. So he's been quite religious um, with a back four, um, a couple of sitting midfielders, um, a, a, a couple across the middle, and then really it looks like one up front, but he plays with a front three, so you could argue it's like a four-three-three. Three. Um, however, he's in the last few weeks, and it was successful. He changed to almost like a diamond for, formation, and it really worked. And then last week he just he abandoned it and went back to the old way, and we drew the game, and then we got beat on. Uh, Tuesday night by Edinburgh City, or sorry, FC Edinburgh. And um, yeah, so I'm not actually convinced what he's going to turn up at Hamden and do. Right. My thinking is he'll approach it the same way we approached there, which is a little bit cautious, a little bit defensive-minded, and try and hit Inverness on the break, I think. Okay, right. So who, well, actually, what? what's, uh, what's your... Best eleven. What's what's the team you think he's going to put out? And have you got anyone injured or anyone suspended? So there's only one player. Uh, I saw he put a, an interview out last night on Falkirk TV ahead of this weekend's league game, and he said that there's just one player who's um, a doubt, um, but he's almost ready, which is Sean Mackey, one of the the defenders. So mm. um, otherwise, it's a full squad he's got to pick from, to be honest. So we have we have got a big squad. He doesn't tend to <laughs> deviate from a, a kind of normal starting eleven, though. So we've got a in terms of the goalie, we've got a, a guy on loan from uh, West Ham, uh, Brankenier. He's actually been pretty steady, really good shot stopper. Um, he has got a, a mistake in him though every game, so I know, and that could be that could be costly. Um, um, Can they save a penalty? He has, yeah. Brian oh, Kinnear's been. Okay. He, he saved a couple of penalties this year. Um, Adrian, and obviously, uh, granted the Air United striker hit the bar, but I'm I'm going to put that down as a save as well. <laughs> okay. All right. So who's um, who's the match winners? Who's the who's the ones to watch out for? On current form, uh, probably Kai Kennedy, who we've got on loan from uh, Rangers. Um, he's been fantastic in recent weeks. Um, pretty consistent all season actually, but he's actually he's now started to add goals to the. To the to the play, um, uh, we've also got uh, Callum Morrison, who's top goal scorer this year. Um, fantastic winger, uh, can play across the the front three. So does he point. get his goals? I did notice he's hit uh, what double figures, hasn't he? This yeah, he's dried up though. He's not scored in the last. Um, did he? Does he play off the left or the right though? Or? That's right. Him and Kai Kennedy tend to switch. Right. Uh, depending on how much joy they're getting or not getting, uh, they they tend to switch in a match. Um, on the basis that I think he'll be a little bit more cautious, it'll probably be Gary Oliver, the ex-heart striker, who'll probably play up front oh, really? um, in between the two. 
Uh, we do have another striker who actually is the form striker just now, Ruman Burrell, young lad from down south. Um, however, he just, um, McGlynn just doesn't seem to play him too often. Um, he, he sees, I think he sees him more as a, an impact sub. And to be fair, he is a very good impact sub. Um, my personal preference is I'd like to see him and Gary Oliver up front with the two of them. But I just can't see us going that offensively. Uh, against Inverness, certainly not from the not from kickoff anyway. Right, okay. Um, but I think I know what the answer to my next question is. But bomb scare, who who's the player that gives you the heebie-jeebies? Maybe it's the centre half. Um, so obviously there's a an ex Cali man in centre half, isn't there, Mister? You got two. So... You got two of them. Yeah. Well, that's true. Actually, mckay has been fantastic. I can't I can't slag my. my Mikai off this year. He, he, last year he was a little bit suspect, but this year he's been fantastic. Um, I would have said the same about Donaldson until about six, seven weeks ago, actually. Um, however, he's had the odd bomb scare moment. Um, and if I'm being honest, he probably is the worry, but then he does more good than harm. So whilst he does have a mistake in him, he does a lot right and he keeps the defence really well. Marshalled as well. We've got a young lad at right back who's on loan from Coventry, uh, a lad called Blaine Rowe, and he talks him through the game and he, he really, really helps him. So I actually think him and Mackay have formed a very, very good partnership, but um, def- it's defensively, we've just not been sure the last five, six weeks, and they just need to clear the lines, which they were doing earlier in the season. And if they do that, we should be quite tight. And, and will it be those two at centre half? I'd be shocked if it wasn't. I really would. I'd be shocked if it wasn't. We've moved um, uh, Liam Henderson, who was at Arbroath uh, last season. We've moved him from centre-half, uh, which he started the season, into midfield. And actually, the partnership between him and uh, Stephen McGinn has been brilliant in the middle of the park. Um, Stephen McGinn's a, he's a Rolls-Royce player in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He obviously played every game for Kelly last year. So the fact that we got him at all was phenomenal. But... Um, He's been really, really consistent. And we've got a young lad on loan from St. Johnston. Uh, I'll try and say his name. So it's Max Curiace. So he's, he's Ukrainian. He's brilliant. Young lad, 23. Um, he just seems so composed on the ball. And I think he could be, if I'm being honest, I think he could be the the, the star player for us on the day. So does he play, will he play in behind Gary Oliver? Uh, yeah, so he plays in that in that hole. Um, right. So it's so, him. In, it's him in between, behind Gary Oliver. It's uh, Morrison and uh, Kennedy, Kennedy yeah, on Kennedy, the wings, yeah. and then it's Henderson and um, Steve McGinn. McGinn, and then your two centre halves, Leon McCann, left back. Who's right back? Uh, Blaine Rowe, the lad Blaine Rowe right from uh, yeah. He's, so no he's Nesbitt. Nesbitt won't start. Um, do you know? He may start, and if he does play, it'll be a toss-up as to who's benched because obviously um, the 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 player who you would think wouldn't play would be Max, but Max has been so so consistent. Nesbitt's been um, uh, benched a little bit over the last sort of five six weeks. Um, if he does play, it'll probably be Max that will that will be uh, on the bench. I just think for his composure on the ball. I could see Max starting the game and Nesbitt may well come on because um, I don't think when Max comes on off the bench, I just don't think he, he fits into the, the right. rhythm of the play whereas when he starts it, he can almost dictate. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, and uh, MRS Caledonian Thistle, who are you worried about? Do you know, he's obviously just flying, if I'm being honest, mate. So, um, 
the full team. Uh, honestly, there's. I think we we need to be on our A game. And if I'm being really, really, really honest, on current form, we have to almost kind of pick up your form, and we kind of need you you guys to pick up where we've been playing, which is obviously yeah. very, very inconsistent. But um, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be an absolute belter. I really do. Um, Mackay is obviously um, a bit of a hot shot. He always has been, hasn't he? So. Um, yeah, it's, I just think it's going to be a right tracker of a cup tie, to be honest. I'm just hoping it's we're not kind of overawed by, because um, we've got such a young team, yeah. and I'd be shocked if too many of them played at Hamden before. I'm, I'm trying to think even Stephen McGinn, as much as his brothers are obviously Hamden legends, I'm trying to think he's probably not played at Hamden that much in his career either, to Do be you honest. Think the team that played Aki's on um, Tuesday, do you think that's likely to be the... no? No, do you think it'll be? No. He yeah, um, he gave a couple of different guys, um, gave a couple of couple of guys game time, and there was a couple of like knocks as well. So people were on the bench, and we've got a, we've got a key player. Um, I think we've got a key player suspended actually for the semi. Oh, so oh right, that's that's well. I'm saying it's not so good. Obviously, not so good for. For Cali, but um, I don't want to tell you in case you've obviously got a lot of good advantage. contracts. I don't need to pass it on to P- to, uh, to John McGlynn. Oh, listen, I'm sure not, he knows. He might not know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he knows. Listen, if Inverness, uh, maybe they'll play someone who's uh, not meant to play, and then that will get through to the final that way. <laughs> well, listen, people forget that's why we're here. That's exactly. why we're here. I know. Um, well, do you know what? You take any, you take any advantage you can, yeah. and um, it just shows you from that night at Queens Park. Um, how well things can then turn out. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be brilliant. Obviously, whoever gets through is going to end up playing one of the the bum cheeks. But, um, well, I think this is almost a bit of a cup final, for, mm. certainly for us. Definitely, because, yeah. Uh, it's been a struggle the last few what's, years. Um, what's your plan for the day itself? You know, you go with friends, you go with family, you got a pub before. Yeah, no, I've, I've um, got a big group of guys who we go with, uh, season ticket holders, sit away and travel away games and stuff as well. So our local, which... Uh, always takes a bus to the games anyway. They've got uh, four four or five buses going. So um, we obviously what, don't what have as up? long. Uh, it's the Graham Hotel, Elliot's and right. uh, Falkirk. So uh, big, big Falkirk supporting pub always has been for as well, as long as I've known it. It's just around the corner from the old Brockville. So it was always a favourite back in the day as well. And I think, did I say, was it about three and a half thousand um, tickets sold now? Well, the last update I heard was three thousand. Right. So I would like to think we'll be at three and a half thousand or close Good. to four to four thousand yeah. for the for next week. Um, but I don't think it'll be any more than that. Yeah, that, no, that, I, that, I think our yeah. ceilings approaching as well. If I'm being honest, yeah, we're just we're, we're just not, not we're just not, not as well supported as you guys. Just as simple as that. Do you know? Uh, do you know what though? I would say, <laughs> see if this semi final was getting played up your way. I'm not convinced we'd have eight thousand going. So it's yeah. a it's a tough thing because it's a long. I suppose long if you still look at look at it that way, actually, yeah. do you know what I mean? I, I'd be shocked if we had eight thousand going up to um, Inverness if the roles were reversed. So no, that's a good I think, point. Um, I think all in all, like uh, the, the 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 headline. Let's face it, the headline next Sunday will be oh look at all the empty seats. I can give a monkeys. And I'm sure a shit. Can, Could not care. <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> It's all about, do you know what? See if there's 11, 12, 13,000 at the game. Everybody, you know, everybody that's there you, is there. You'd for rather the right go to Hamden. You wouldn't, you wouldn't rather go to Easter Road or Tynecastle or no, no, it's the same final. Yeah, so, like, no, I, I no, mean, yeah, because you, you and we have the right to play at Hamden. Yeah, yeah. So we should play at Hamden. I, I couldn't care if it was 200 people there. 
No, no. And do you know what? Whoever gets through to the final, I'm sure again, as there always is, there'll be a big stushy how either Falkirk or Inverness are wanting, how dare they have maybe even 12,000 at the game. Yeah. But, um, and I, I, do you know what? I, I, I personally, I, I, I'm not fussed about it. Like everybody says, oh, you should you should try and get a 50 50 split. I, do you know what? We probably could, as we did in 2015, we could shift 18,000, 19,000 tickets, right? Wow. But half, half the crowd there, are probably not actually Falkirk fans. They're just there for Falkirk and they're yeah. just their pals going or their mum's yeah. going. Whereas give me twelve thousand Falkirk fans who've either they either go or they they occasionally go and I'd rather that than um anything else. So Okay. But we'll see. I think um I think we're all wanting Rangers to get through, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, that was going to be my last question, but yeah. well, maybe you know, because John McLean's got this great Brendan Rogers way of playing. He he knows how to beat. Um, oh, I don't know. Beat Celtic. That's highly we unlikely. We can't beat Edinburgh City, so uh, yeah, if we can't yeah. beat them. I think we'd struggle. But all right, well, uh, let's yeah. finish off with uh, predictions. Give give me a prediction. You can be as 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 bland or as specific um, specific as you want. I'm as a, I'm an optimistic Falkirk fan as they come, but I think um, if we win, I think we'll concede and it'll be the old goal in it. So I'm going to go two one Falkirk, two one. Yeah, yeah, I think a, I think a reverse of that for us. That's why I had written down two one. Yeah, and also possibly possibly can it? You're, you've scored quite a lot of goals. So no, we have. Be, yes, could be quite yeah. a lot of goals, and it could be it could be a three two. Yeah, oh. how 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 cool would a big like a proper belter of a game be? Uh, like, see, uh, obviously we both want it to be the the winning outcome, but everybody goes back to the early nineties. Remember when Motherwell and Dundee United having that four three ding dong at Hamden in the final, and everybody still talks about that game. I think, kid, yeah, how amazing would it be if it was two lower league teams going at it? And there's loads of goals and there's loads of entertainment and that would be brilliant. I think that might be the case. I think it'll be a really good game. I do think it'll be a really good game. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, that's a good way to finish. That's a good, good positive way to yeah. finish. Your day. <laughs> Firstly, what a nice bloke. Um, he sounds like if you dropped a £20 note in the street and um, he's running after you to give you that £20 note. They say Falkirk fans are, are awful. That's clearly nonsense. Gentlemen, what do you think of their what he expects their starting eleven to be? Anyone jump in? I think it's slightly worrying that he says that Kai Kennedy has started to hit form and has kind of um, been one of the most important players recently. Um, I know he's had a very, very sort of inconsistent experience, and people say that he's never sort of lived up to his potential. But we saw enough of him to know that he can be, you know, a very difficult player who can unpick a defence. And we're going to be missing David Carson next week, which is obviously going to be, you know, um, a weakness in a fullback area, potentially, um, albeit Wallace Duffy did kind of um, do really, really well in the Livingston game. Um, so there's that. I think uh, it sounds like the best player all around is Stephen McGinn, but as we'll probably talk about when we come on and discuss our own lineup, I think that we are so strong in the middle that hopefully, you know, McGinn is not going to be the sort of player that on his own can actually turn or run the match. Um, I don't know anything at all about Callum Morrison. I'm going to be interested to see how good he is. Um, well, he was well, he was he was rested today. And mm-hmm. still won four one. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's well, the, the, what I was going to say was uh, apart from that, I was going to say one of the promising things sounds like they don't have um, an out and out goal scorer if a winger is their um, is their top scorer. But uh, if they won four one a day, then 
obviously there are goals coming from somewhere. So um, I don't know. Um, it's it's also delightful to hear that Carl Donaldson has uh, gone off the boil. Um, there's nothing worse than that, or no, nothing more delightful than seeing Paul Carl Donaldson sort of flailing like a sort of you know an octopus trying to get out of a soapy bath. You know, so I'll look forward to seeing him uh, ship a couple of goals. Kennedy's one for me. I think it was a player was and stuff, and I think under diff- different circumstances we could have kept him longer, but. Just looking at the goals they've scored, Chaps, Callum, um, they've scored four goals on more than seven occasions. They've scored three goals on another seven occasions. So they are very, very dangerous, are they not? Yes. Uh, yeah, going forward, to be honest, they've got a lot of good players, to be honest, because um, they seem to have a decent option. Obviously, they've got Kennedy and Morrison on the wing, who seem to be decent threats, as we've already mentioned. And then, obviously, they've got the Ukrainian lad, that Kucharavi on loan from St. Johnson. And even well on a view from the terrace a couple of weeks ago, they were saying he's looking a real player. And to be honest, I think even today, um, he got two assists for the first two goals uh, my brother was telling me. So, um, yeah, they've got a lot of threat there. And also, an interesting one is um, the guy I was saying in the interview there was... Um, that they seem to, he thinks Oliver will start, whereas the last few games I've been looking at, they seem to have started that Ramon Burrell. So it'll be interesting to see who actually gets the nod to me on, on the day. Um, I, was, I was looking at some of their stats as well, Callum, and in the seven games that they've played against better sides in their league, so, so well, arguably better. So they've against so essentially against Dunfermline and Airdrie, uh, in those seven games against those teams, they've only won one of those games. So they, yeah. you know. They they haven't won their big games this season, Sandy. No, they haven't. Um, but I mean, you know, you could argue, I suppose, that when it comes to cap, league form goes out the window, doesn't it? I mean, look at us. You know, we've knocked out two Premier League teams to get to where we are, and at the time going into those games, we weren't playing particularly well in the league ourselves. Uh, what I will say is, looking at that team that they had out today, obviously minus Morrison, as you say, I think we're actually quite evenly matched. You know, they've got players, especially up top, that can hurt us. I mean, Kennedy and Morrison are both in double figures for goals and assists this season, which I think is testament to their own quality. Stephen McGinn is a player that is playing way below the level he could be playing at. Yeah. Um, our best chance of getting at them is with our own forward line, though, because our own forward line has been just as prolific. And, you know, being up against Mackay and Donaldson is just a, just a great prospect, in all honesty. Watching, watching our lot go up against them will be really good, because as... Um, as Roth admitted to himself, both of them do have a mistake in them. So where do you see where do you see the holes in their team being? Do you do you basically see Billy Mackay moving off the shoulder of yeah, Donald, Donaldson? I, yeah. I think so. I think if our if depending on what our, our, our starting uh team is, I think that who whether it's a front three or a front four, I think our best bet is to just get at that defence because I think that's gonna be our best chance of winning it. And if we've got Welsh fit and Allardyce fit, that middle of the park battle gets really interesting. But I think it's one that we probably win. You know, Stephen McGinn is a great player, but he's you know alongside him is Henderson, who is a, a defender converted into a midfielder. I would fancy mm-hmm. us in that battle as well. Yeah, but I think it's going to be a really tight game. I know they're League One, but I mean, there's a lot of players on that side that probably walk into most Championship teams. I'd be quite happy if they played Gary Oliver up front, to be honest. I'd be quite, I'd be, I'd be quite happy. Um, I think, as as um, I think you alluded to, Ay, you know, with Carson being suspended and their wingers being on form, I think that's where we could be in in trouble. That's where we could be susceptible. And the thing is, John McGlynn will know that. He'll know that, so he'll try and play to their strengths. So and Gary Oliver scored a winner for Morton against us last season. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh well. Hopefully they play the guy battle then. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, oh, on the stat I couldn't find is how many own goals Cole Donaldson has got this season. But the answer to that is not enough. Ingress, what the hell? How you doing? No barter sell for shitty weather, drugs and pissness. Inverness is a fucking business. Right, Hot Tubs semi-final time machine number two. It was the 10th of April 2004. A flash animation of badgers singing Badger, Badger, Badger has become extremely popular on the internet. Also, what's big? The OC, Splinter Cell and Usher. We're also going to play about Usher now. Uh, what's that? Eight turned down. Nah, yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah, 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 yeah. Playing the yeah. Hey, uh, Um, by the way, chaps, the music that you hear on the podcast is not like my favourite music or anything. It's just what, <laughs> it's like what I find relevant to the podcast right. at the time. Like I'm not, uh, yeah. like some of the stuff I played, like um, you know, Fleet. I'm not a big Fleetwood Mac, not a big Fleetwood Mac fan. You know, got oh, Usher. Oh. I know Fifty Cent. Not, not, not big, not big into my hip hop. Got to tell you, no, no, no judgment here. Don't worry. You know, <laughs> don't, I'm not a big, I'm not a big bling guy. You know? yeah. Anyway, tenth uh, of April, two thousand four, and Hamden Park was uh, Cali Thistle's second Scottish Cup semi-final. Two seasons having defeated Motherwell one 0 away from home in the previous round. There was thirteen thousand two hundred fifty-five in attendance to see us battle out this one-one draw with Dunfermline. Uh, we took what the BBC at the time termed a shock lead. For half time, when Paul Ritchie headed in off the post before Dunfermline equalised in 67, 67 minutes, when Craig Brewster got above Bobby Mann to head past Mark Brown, and that was it for the bygone days of of uh, for it was the bygone days of replays actually. So we did it all again at Pataudry Sam actually ten days later. So five thousand seven hundred twenty eight fans made the trip to the Granite City. Manager John Robertson made one change to the side that played at the one one draw with his lock coming in for Wilson. So we lined up with Brown, Tokley, Proctor comes on for Tokley in 85 minutes, Mann, McCaffrey, Golubic, McBain, McBain, Duncan, Thompson comes on for him in 50, Bingham, Hislop, Keo, Ritchie, and I think Darren Mackey comes on for him in 76 minutes. Unfortunately, it was not to be with a solo goal from Barry Nicholson, seeding the victory for Dunfermline for their 3-2 win. But enough from me, let's hear from the man who entered the free for Ross Tokley in the 85th minute, Mr David Proctor. First of all, we start. How's, how's life coming on? I'd, uh, I've seen you get a good wee bit when it weekend, but I know you're working with your brother, and obviously, I think Darren Dodge is there as well. So, how's how's life and management for yourself? Ah, it's been it's been a great um, you know learning experience this first year. So, this is my first year in, in management, having done the, the coaching before. So, um, my brother's uh, first team coach, and then I've got big Dan Dodge as as assistant manager. So, um, it's it's a team that kind of works works well together. We kind of bounce off each other. Um Dodgy's usually bad cop. I'll be I'll be good cop. Um and my brother will try and pick up the, the PCs type thing. So no the you know the the squad that we've got a balance between younger players and some older older heads. Um we've got Gregory Taddy actually uh, one of the, the older heads as well. So you know another um ex Inverness player. So you no know, trying to find that blend, you know it's a Tough competitive league, the lone league with the B teams being in it. Um, the the fitness levels are are definitely really really high because of that. You've got four full time teams if you include the three B teams plus Stirling University who train every day as well, and the Edinburgh University uh, they they train train most days. So 
you, you have to keep up with them uh, fitness wise and then with a pitch like Broadwood we've obviously got a good surface there so we try and play a wee bit of football as well um, but we need to make sure that we cover the ground so it's a, it's a decent balance and we're, we're doing okay for the first year and then we'll look to try and uh, progress next year. Turn the clock back, a young whippersnapper, safe from Hibs with, with Darren Thompson. And, I mean, every time I think about Darren Thompson, I just think that goal at Love Street in the snow for the, in the Scottish Cup, obviously, which is what we're, we're talking about. I remember, I remember it, and, and Darren's not shy in telling you about it as well. That's, that was his, his crowning glory. I don't think he realised it at the time, but it was a great kind of team to, to kind of find you know, at that time when you're getting released, you know, we, we kind of really landed on our on our feet. Um, and obviously the, the rest is history, really, that following season. I obviously, I mean, obviously that that's the year where people say Dundee threw league away, but I mean, it was their persistence in form that we also kept up in Dundee. But did that sort of run in the team in terms of, not just you, but the, the squad, the harmony, and that run we went on, Help us get into the Dunfermline game because I mean we were obviously the underdogs. They were a Premier League team. We were a, we were a first division team at the time. But I'm sure on you and the guys, the rest of the squad. I mean the confidence must be high getting into that first game against the and at Hamden. Yeah, definitely. And you know the boys that had been there the previous year, um, I'm sure had played in the, the semi. So there was a, lot, a good chunk of boys that had actually already experienced playing at Hamden in a semi final. So it's crazy to think that at that stage. Uh, you know, the, the club's existence, they'd already been to two semi-finals. Um, so, yeah, that, that experience plus, you know, two or three kind of younger heads type thing with a bit of youthful exuberance, maybe not not really thinking too much about it and just just going going with the flow, really. Um, yeah, so nothing really to fear. Obviously, Dunfermline had a, a really strong team at that point, especially up front um, with, with Brewster and, and Crawford. So, um, yeah, they they had a really good team, so we knew that we weren't gonna, you know, turn them over at all. But we definitely thought we'd a fighting fighting chance. It does. There's, there's not a lot of nerves there from your perspective getting into the filming game because you've been with players that they know what it's about. Yeah, I think so. I think the older heads certainly kind of keep you grounded. To put it that way, you know, you <clears throat> you know you don't uh, get success at Inverness. You know, with, with boys that are kind of above their station. So it was just the the key aspect of of our success in that period of time was the older heads keeping the, the younger ones grounded and keeping them on their toes. So anytime you would get above your station, you know, Bobby Mann or Stuart McCaffrey, Russell Duncan, Roy McBain, Paul Ritchie, Barry Wilson, they'd clip you, clip you straight away, you know, you'd clip your wings, Ross Totley. So it, no, it was just the, the balance was, was great and it was the right boys, you know, with, with character as well that, um, you know, didn't really get too ahead of themselves. So, yeah, the, the, the squad balance was, was obviously really good. Uh, we were starting to motor as well in the league at that point. So everything was starting to to click with that quality, David Bingham as well. So, you know, that quality within that team was was frightening. Um, and then, you know, we were just there to kind of push them the whole way. Um, and yeah, when I got my opportunity throughout that season, I would just do my best and try and, try and grasp it. A lot of the appearances were, were off the bench, but any time... When I was coming off the bench, I was just trying to give my all for the team, run about pretty much. Um, I would get thrown on up front sometimes just to, to run about and, and chase the ball. So anything that would help the team. And, and Rob obviously showed faith in the youngsters as well to, to throw them on for, for certain parts of the, the season or certain parts of games. So, yeah, it was it was a, a 
a time where you felt confident um, but made sure that you were still working hard by the, the experience round about you. Is there a pre-match plan for Robbo? Is maybe said to yourself, look, at some point in time, game, you're going to come on or is it like, let's see how it goes? What's, what's the sort of pre-match chat for yourself like? Um, I, I think in the run-up to, to that game, I, I remember a, a derby against Ross County where he'd, he'd thrown me on for, for Stephen Hislop with, with 10 minutes to go and just, I think it was to see a game out at that point. I think we were winning. Uh, so, I, yeah, for him to show that confidence that maybe one each, I'm sure it was a draw at that point, uh, to throw me on at Hamden in a Scottish Cup semi-final. Um, showed, you know, a, a wee bit of kind of faith in me, really, to to go and do that. Um, yeah, and I, and I just obviously make sure you, you run about it. First and foremost, it's a big pitch at Hamden. I think I might have got a couple of kind of opportunities or sights at goal, but, you know, I wasn't an out-and-out striker, so I, I possibly could have, you know, created a couple of assists or whatever, or, or maybe made some some nice passes. But you know, I was never going to be that predator in the in the box, and I just made sure that maybe maybe Robbo was wanting to see the game out. Possibly, if he fancied his chances in the replay, I, I'm I'm not sure. Uh, but certainly, I remember kind of pinning them back at, at one point with, with ten minutes to go. It wasn't as if it was the the Alamo, and we were just defending for our lives. So no, it was. It was a kind of typical Robo type substitution where, you know, he's not, he wasn't the most defensive um, manager from from what I remember. It was always, you know, let's go out and, and win the game. So certainly with 10 minutes to go in a Scottish Cup semi-final against, you know, arguably a stronger team, you know, he was still willing to throw caution at the wind and uh, go and see if we can uh, grab, a, grab a winner. We got Pitodri night. Maybe that's what took a bit of shine away from me. Obviously, it's a replay, and those days are long gone. But going to Aberdeen for a replay didn't feel like a semi-final of a Scottish Cup for me. Um, although we started well, but what was what was the emotion after the game? Because you're going to be obviously happy you're still in the cup, but maybe a wee bit deflated that you didn't take the chance on the day. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It was a it was a funny feeling. I, I remember walking back to the car with my dad. Um, you know, looking back at the the stadium really and thinking. You know, did that just happen there? You're just, you know, played in a Scottish Cup semi final at, at 19, um, and held more than held your own as a team. I mean, so yeah, it was it was a kind of surreal moment where you think, right, okay, well, we've we've done okay, but let's not just accept that we're we're here to make up the numbers and and let's go for it. And uh, Petodri, yeah, obviously didn't didn't quite. It was a bit of a kind of ding dong battle, but yeah, I think maybe the quality ended up kind of shown through really uh, they'd, I think it was on Sky Sports as well the replay and potentially the Fairland players you know had been through the course they were on telly a lot more than what Inverness Cali Thistle were so potentially managed the occasion that wee bit better I mean it's it, obviously the, the season ends in a high obviously I, I, I wouldn't forgive you for giving that penalty away against Clyde because I shit myself but I don't <laughs> just keeping everybody on their toes Ah, you did, mate, and obviously history still probably lives off that header anyway. And like, exactly. you know, what's, what's your advice to some of the young current players that are going to Hamden for the first time, are going to a big, a big stadium? It's just, a, it's just the old cliche, isn't it? It's play the game, not the occasion. You know, it's all these things that Billy Dodds will be saying to, saying to the younger players, the older heads will be saying it. You know, savor it, make sure you, you take everything in because you just never know. You know, that was, you know, the the only time I played in a Scottish Cup semi-final and that was at 19 so it doesn't come around you know sometimes uh, the rest of your career so it might just be once in a, in a lifetime so and then obviously the, the carrot 
you know, ahead of you if you if you did manage to to get that victory. Is, you know, you don't even need to talk about it. What what it would mean if you managed to get to the final again. So, yeah, it's just a case of playing your your normal game. You know, you're on a decent run of form at the moment. You know, you've you've got your your six wins in a row for a reason. You know, you're able to grind out results away to Hamilton Aki's, um, You know, which isn't easy when they're fighting for their lives. So there's there's no reason why you know you can't take the game to Falkirk and and see what happens really. So yeah, play your normal game. Uh, confidence will be high anyway, and then just see where it takes us. Ay, nice to hear from uh, a chap who was uh, around in some of the some great days for Cali Thistle, but obviously wasn't a, a starter for the club. But it seems to be really well thought of in Scottish football in terms of his coaching and whatnot. Um, what are your memories of him as a player? This is going to sound like I'm damning him with faint praise, but um, reliable, I think. Do you know what I mean? He's one of those players that um, he had two spells with us, didn't he? He was with us for what was it, two three seasons. Went to Dundee United, came back, played for us throughout the fantastic season that we went went up again from um, uh, the league. You know, having come back from uh, being fifteen points behind Dundee, and um, he was someone that you know um, he was quite versatile. He was quite pacey. You know, what I mean, an elegant looking footballer, maybe perhaps lacking the aggression of a really, really kind of top defender. You know, what I mean, but um, he could get forward really well, um, and. Uh, and as I say, he, he was part of a couple of reasonably successful teams um, that consolidated in the Premier League the first time around and then got back up to the, the Premier League the second time around. Um, I mean, ultimately, I suppose, supplanted by who would it be? Kenny Gillet, I think, would it come in? Yeah. And then Graham Shinney, obviously, was the ultimate sort of uh, ultimate replacement for him. Um But yeah, no, I like him. The last time I saw him, actually, was um, in the... Um, the Montford before the 2015 um, Cup semi-final. That's right, and yeah. I was working with his former history tutor at the time, so I went over and drunkenly told him that Mr Lappin wished him well, and he looked at me like, who is this absolute moron? But he was very nice, <laughs> you know. So. Stevie, what's your memories of uh, of either of these games, to be honest? A quick start. David Proctor played every position for ICT bar goalkeeper, so when uh, AYC Verstel, uh, he played every position Bar goalkeeper, but I the, the whole the two games um, was was weird because the first game, Shoot McCaffrey's mum actually ran a pub uh, in Busby, so we actually had a party in Shoot McCaffrey's mum's pub, and Shoot was not good enough to get his uh, those official bus passes, so we ran a bus from Busby to the ground and got straight in the sort of players' entrance, which was quite weird. And then after the game, Stuart McCaffrey was pouring pints for fans an hour after playing a semi final for a. Uh, ICT, which was good. Uh, was that the draw? Football. Yeah, that was the draw. The draw is the start yeah. of the game. Yeah, he was pouring pints in the in the Busby, in the Cartville and Busby about an hour after the game. But no, I think see the first game, but Billy the Dundee game I referenced before. Better team by far. Richie scores just before half time. There's only one team in it, and then just by Sor's law, obviously. Craig Brewster scores equaliser. But I thought with a better team, but I think that probably deflated the team and. Replay has been a Pataudry. I think that sort of downsized his other semi again. I think with a better team as well, scored early doors again through Richie. But second game, I don't remember too much because we ran the bus in Glasgow and that was pretty, pretty messy. But Do you know, I, I don't obviously, I was at both of these games. And the one thing I remember about the Dunfermline game is that there was a lot of people there. Obviously, don't would normally go to away games, 
And, you know, I remember standing up at one point trying to get, a, you know, a, days when I would start a chant. And, you know, it's cool. I was sitting down. There's a lot of families and a lot of older guys maybe don't usually go to games. And I find it really, really frustrating. I find it hugely, hugely frustrating. So I think the fact that for this semi-final, because that's what we're talking about, everything in the context of, for this semi-final, the club has arranged, you know, this singing section, essentially, that will have Section 94 in it and anybody else that wants to go in it, that wants to, you know, essentially stand up, that wants to sing, that wants to, you know, it'll probably be a little bit more raucous. I think it'll be hugely beneficial. I think it'll be hugely beneficial to the atmosphere because that's what I remember from the Dufferman game. It wasn't great. But the game in, the game in Aberdeen, I don't really ever recall that. And I was—I don't recall drinking. I just don't recall much about the game. But it's, you know, it was—it was a—it was, was a great game. Sandy, do you remind it? Do you remember it? I—I I was at the 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 first game at Hamden, um, and yeah, like Stevie says, I, I remember it quite well. We were—we played really well in that game, and you know, we got our goal at a great time just before half time. Great header by Ritchie, left Eric stilly rooted, which was always fantastic. Um, and then the second half. Dunfermline did kind of keep into it a bit more. I remember Mark Brown making a couple of really good saves and then obviously Brewster gets the equaliser and it just kind of became a game of cancelling each other out. But I remember thinking that the replay, we got a chance. You know, we've definitely got a chance and we, we got to a great start. We got the early goal from, from Ritchie again and then I think they equalised. can't remember when and then at 1-1, I remember Ritchie had a great header and Derek Stilley this time was actually ready and pulled off a fantastic save and then after that, Barry Nicholson just kind of uh, did an absolute number on us and that was kind of the end of the tie. But they had a great season. I remember that. They, I think they finished fourth in the Premier League. So, I mean, they were by they were by no means a poor team. They, they were a really good team. And, you know, we we took it to them over two games and I remember thinking that was pretty cool at the time. I mean, I was just 12 at the time. Getting to that other semi-final was, was just more fun than anything else. But... No, looking back on it now, we, we gave them a good run for the money. That was a good side, and we, we can count ourselves really unlucky we didn't get to that final. Uh, I don't remember that much about the game, I've got to be honest. I was just thinking, you know, the, the privilege of having a, a 12-year-old's memory kind of undamaged by um, Matt's amount of booze means you remember the game far better than I do. Um, <laughs> I remember watching the I remember watching the replay in the uh, in the park bar in Glasgow. Um what is interesting, actually, I suppose what, what Sandy was saying, I'd forgotten just how good Dunfermline were at that time. So that's actually two teams that we ran very, very close that were that were, were good, good Premier League yeah. teams. They, they were, they were outrageous players. Yeah. Well, Dunfermline were Stilly, Bullen, Scott Wilson, Skirla, Dempsey, Darren Young, Nicholson, Mason, Derek Young, Brewster and Crawford, Todd Mehmet, uh, Todd and Mehmet on the bench. So yeah. a good, a, actually a good experience team at. Yeah. together up front for dynamite. Um, but see, just going back to this, and we're talking about this this semi going. If you notice, the, the two teams we've been in the, the South Stand, the Hearts game, which we'll talk about later on, and the Fermley game, the teams we've been in the North Stand is far better for an atmosphere, and that's going to help us next week against Dundee. I mean, the South Stand isn't the greatest. I mean, if, if you pick the stand, if you pick North or South, you're going to go North Stand, it's a better atmosphere. So that helped. I mean, I, I thought. The atmosphere against the film in the South Stand was rubbish, and it was a great performance for the team. So, just referencing the Dundee game off, I think I think where we're situated next week might help atmosphere-wise. We're a bit more closer together, as as you said. So, could be good. Great. Okay. Well, there's only one thing to finish this bit with. Badger, badger, badger. What was badger? Badger. What, what was that? It's, it's a, a, it was a flash animation meme, essentially. Before we had memes. 
Okay. It was, little, it was, just, it was little, just this little badger that kept bouncing its head back and forth, shouting "badger, badger," and then all of a sudden, mushrooms would start appearing, and that's then right. would say mushroom. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I missed that. And it's good. He's going to make at least one appearance in this podcast. The playoffs. Just a few weeks ago, we were neither the relegation playoffs than the premiership playoffs. But since then, we have been stratospherically propelled into the upper echelons of the championship. Uh, at the time of the recording, there's just one league game left to play at home to Air United on Friday the 5th of May. And of course, it's the coronation that weekend where, um, well, I, I wrote this prior to the Dundee games, it doesn't really work, but it's the coronation that weekend where a long-suffering and larger-eared man will be crowned king of the championship. Well, it's not going to happen now, is it? We're not winning the league. Um, okay, so we, yeah, we can basically finish third or fourth, and that's it. We can't finish second, can we? No, no we're no. Nine, nine goals behind Queen's yeah. Park. Okay, <laughs> but, you know, third or fourth, still in there. Uh, the Premiership playoffs presently look like this. Tuesday 9th of May, um, quarterfinal first leg, Friday the 12th, um, second leg, Friday, May the 19th, the semi-final first leg. Um, then I think a week later, um, semi-final second leg. Does that sound right? A week later? Yeah. yeah. And then Thursday, the 1st of June, final first leg. And Sunday, the 4th of June, final second leg. But the SPFL said in the event, Inverness, Caledonia and Thistle reach both the Scottish Cup final and the Cinch Premiership playoff final. The playoff final ties will take place on Tuesday, the 6th and Friday, the 9th. So it means we could play the Scottish Cup final and both legs of the playoff in the same week should we go all the way in both competitions. Who, who was it that said they didn't want to get into the playoffs this season? It was me. It was me. What a shite I talk. Um, could this actually be a good thing, gents, even if we don't go up, You know, even if we can't manage these six games in terms of keeping the players fit uh, and ready for, you know, in the event that we do beat Falkirk, fit and ready for the Scottish Cup final. Otherwise, we would have a full, I think, clear four weeks without any competitive games. Honestly, I mean, yeah, listen, if we get the final off, I mean, we ain't going to win it. I mean, if it's Rangers, we've got a ball here of a chance, right? But Celtic, that's uh, yeah, frightening, but it stays out. I mean, it keeps the boys ticking over. I mean, it's going to be a long month if we didn't get the playoffs. If we beat Falker next week without the playoffs, you're talking what? Close to five weeks for a game, yeah. which is Harrison. I mean, against whoever, but no, it's it's it's, it's two three away days. Yeah, well, two 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 away days before the the final. Hopefully, one after. But no, I think it just keeps the, keeps the boys taking over. I think finishing third ahead of fourth financially it's not a lot. I mean, you just have the the benefit of having a second game at home, which could be could be pivotal. Obviously, depending if it's if it's here or parted below us. But I think it's. Uh, it's a good thing. We need, we need, we need the playoffs. So, yeah. Bring okay. to get there. Talk to me about the permutations. Who's looked into it? I don't know, Callum, Sandy, Andrew. Um, I'll come in here. Um, so next week, what is it? Air, when we're, when, after our semi-final, is it Air play Wraith? 
and Park Thistle play Arbroath and Great Morton play Queen's Park. We're currently uh, two points ahead of Partick, three ahead of Ayr and four ahead of Morton. So realistically, to be honest, we've only got one game left to play and Queen's Park have still got a game in hand. And with us being nine goals by, I don't think we're going to make second, to be honest. Um, third is achievable, depending on the results. But the way Wraith have been playing recently, you would assume Ayr would win there. And obviously Arbroath lost today as well. So who knows what will happen with Park Thistle next week, especially with them drawing Hamilton today as well. So um, what else have we got? And then, and then on that last day, which I will get up uh friday the fifth um we obviously play air so it's still in our hands to be honest um up until then no matter how the results go so as long as we win there um we should be at least guaranteed fourth um but park this will play race rovers away on the last day as well it'll be party successful fourth month it'll be we'll find third we'll play party in the first round of games and then we'll play queen's park in the second round of games and then we'll play Whoever in the last, but it'll be Queens Park second, does third, and Partick fourth. That's my. So you think we're going to be? You think we're going to be air on the last game of the season? Definitely, I think it'll shut the bed next Saturday. They'll have nothing to play for, and Partick will finish fourth. So, so if we finish, so if we finish third on Tuesday the ninth of May, what's the game? What we'd be away if we finish third, we would be away. Assuming Park finish fourth, as Riley says, we will be. We shall play away to Park on the Tuesday, and then at home to Park on the Friday. Right, yeah. and then the Friday, the nineteenth of May, we would be uh, Queens Park home. home. We would be at yeah. home against Queens Park. Yes, Friday the twenty sixth, we would be away to Queens Park. Yeah, that's assuming yeah. that Queens Park don't win the league, and if not, it'd be done. So Friday night in Stenhouse Muir. Wow. Hey. Yeah, and then yeah. then you're looking at if we manage to um, get through them your first did you so who's looking second bottom in the Premier League at the moment who uh, it's, not, it's not Ross County anyway <laughs> yeah uh, it's currently Kilmarnock yeah Kilmarnock yeah, yeah. Kilmarnock had a really good win today what? But I know I don't I don't want to kind of look back on this again. But is there any way? Does anyone know off the top of their heads if there's any way that if the results are bizarre enough next week, we can play air in the last game of the season and then play them again? Can we end up finishing third and fourth, or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, no, we, we, we could mate, but it depends on Thistle's result. Uh, sorry, yeah. Partick. Yeah, it depends on next Saturday. Yeah. That's what I wonder because I I kind of I mean air. Air don't frighten me that much, but you know they are capable potentially. If Akinyemi suddenly finds form again, you know they've got a few players. Akinyemi not, b- not based on Friday night. Not based. Oh, on no, Friday I know they've, they've been rotten for weeks, and we should we should win it. But then you know we're we're now coming to that like kind of really high pressure point. You know what I mean with the Falkirk next week. We don't know what's going to happen then, but I do think that part are the team most likely to to beat us. You know, there's something about them, especially over two legs, and they're just a bit more creative. I think over air, we beat them over two legs. I think Queen's Park now, Queen's Park have shaded so much and we owe them. You know, we've not we've not taken a win off them this season. I think we would probably beat Queen's Park at the moment over two legs as well. And then before you know it, we're in a final again. And if that final is against Kilmarnock, who have beaten us like once in the last five games that we've played against them or something like that and are capable of shit in the bed, especially away from home, then all of a sudden you're kind of thinking we could potentially tell, go up. You know? Tell you what, you're getting me excited. You are, you are <laughs> yeah. getting me excited. But you know, Pete Park and Tiffany, will, Tiffany and Graham between them will absolutely like... Um, well, last yeah. season, Park 
past it. We, we brushed past it, I said, last season. Don't worry about that. Um, the Queen's Park game is the one for me. Out of the six games we, we, we potentially play, the Queen's game is the one that I'm I'm worried about. Don't worry about Partick Thistle. We'll be fine. This is super, exci- this is super, super, super exciting, isn't it? You know, considering where we were, you know, seven or eight weeks ago, Sandy, and the criticism the manager was getting. Uh, I will fully admit that I didn't see us making the playoffs. I didn't. I mean, I said it. Uh, I said it uh, a few weeks ago myself uh, when uh, when I had my excerpt on the pod. But at the same time, I was desperate to be proved wrong. I mean, I never lost faith in the players' ability. Uh, I think they lost a bit of faith in themselves for a wee while. But then, I think it was after that Kilmarnock game when we knocked out Kilmarnock that almost kind of acted as a catalyst. And and bar the the defeat at, at Queens Park, we we haven't really looked back. And it's not just a case of winning games. We've won them in a variety of ways. You know, we've we've taken some teams with ease. We've we've had to dig deep in a lot of games, especially away from home. There was the part of game at home where, where Sean Welsh got that ridiculous red card. You know, we didn't play great with ten men, but at the same time it was really good to see us grind out a result like that. I mean, for all the quality Park had up top, they had very little answer for us, even with the man advantage. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if we get into the playoffs, and I'm, 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 I'm confident we will. I would fancy us against most teams. I think, like Riley, the, the, the team that I fear the most is, is Queens Park because they just seem to have sort of firmly had our number this season. You know, the way they play, they just seem to be that little bit quicker than us on the ball. And mm-hmm. you know, if we come, if we come up against them after a kind of congested fixture pileup, especially if we make the final, you know, I, I don't know. It might just feel like maybe one game too many for us. But, you know, like I said, I didn't see us being in the playoffs, so what do I really know? But before I forget, let's just put a little uh, a bonus interview in here, a little bit um, from our Ross Tokley interview that I kept aside for this section. What's your thoughts been in the, the current squad in the last couple of games then? Because they've, they've, they've showed a lot of diversity, come back from goals down and uh, big out results that probably two months ago it wouldn't have, wouldn't have happened. Yeah. I would say, and I've said it in the, in the press as well, I would say it's a... It's a it's a waste, not a wasted year, but it's a year that's it's been a good chance to win a league. There's not an outstand, outstanding side in, in, in the league, and I just I think I think it's an opportunity lost, and and you can take that anywhere you want. I would mm-hmm. tell Billy Dodds that himself or whatever, else, and I don't mean that disrespectful. I just mean that you know Inverness, are, in my opinion, are the best side in that league. You know, best players, best squad. They're the best best team, but again, they're not top. And leagues don't lie, so yeah. I just think it's been a little bit wasted. Um, I, I know they've had their injuries and it's been really quite severe. Um, but when I seen their their best start in eleven, they've got the best uh, team in that league, and um, you know it's great they've picked up and they've started. If you go on a run in that league, it just shows you how quickly you can go. Yeah. And, and I actually looked at it and I thought, if you take the two Hamilton games out, oh, you, that two wins, aye, and you could be right at the top of that league and. And, and going into the last game or two, having a right chance of, of winning it, uh, I would say they've still, if they beat Dundee on Saturday, they've got an outside chance. If Because Dundee and Queen's Park play each other. Is that right in the mm-hmm. last game? Yeah. So, you know, you want to finish as high as possible. If you're in the playoffs, you don't want to finish fourth. You want to finish second, um, second or third. So it just gives them less games. You've seen how, how well they did in the playoffs last year, but the amount of games they played just kind of mm-hmm. run out of steam. So, yeah, it's a tremendous run. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a one hell of a season in terms of injuries. So Ross, being being very honest, being, being a little bit brutal, but very honest, he said he would say the same thing to the manager. Um, he thinks we should be 
winning this league. There are fans that think we should be winning this league. I, I was quite, I wasn't taken aback by, by Tokes' um, honesty, but it was refreshing. And last couple of seasons, I think a lot of fans think we should be winning this league. And on paper, we're probably the strongest team. Off the field, we don't have the strongest team in terms of finances and stuff. So I get the point. But yeah, it was refreshing to hear from him, obviously, who's still involved with the club. But I, I still see this and stuff, and I still have a broken record, and I'm going to get boring myself. But if we if we'd no injuries this season, right, and stuff, and if you look at our injuries, they're all from different impacts, different circumstances. We'd have walked this league, right, regardless of the yeah. opposition. Right, football's nice, isn't it? Where'd you want to drink? Well, 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 the Glen Alvin, the Thistolin, the Jolly Trooper, the Castle Tavern, Cupcus Jocksters, Dimes at Gallons, the City Bar, number 27, Phoenix Waters, Love to Love, Cake Exchange, and Mambo's Hush, Heepies, Jeepies, Johnny's, Riley's, Bergies, Kilmore, Hoop, and Annie's. Welcome to the Hot Tub Semi Final Time Machine, Volume 3. It was the 13th of April 2019, Donald Trump, Theresa May, Game of Thrones, Lewis Capaldi and a day to be forgotten as we went down 3-0 to Hearts, but a day to remember for me as I missed the game due to the birth of my daughter. Um, Hearts secured their 15th Scottish Cup semi-final appearance with three, half, three second half goals from Uchi Piezu, John Souter and Sean Clare. We lined up with Ridgers, Rooney... Mackay, McCart, Tramarco, McHatty, Trafford, no, yeah, Trafford, Chalmers, Walsh, Polworth, Doran, and White. Um, so, yeah, the last semi final we played, we had Brad Mackay playing at the back for us, and the next semi final he's playing at the back for someone else. Um, let's hear the thoughts of a man who played the entire 90 minutes, um, but he would, he'd give anything just to get a minute on the park at the moment. Mr. Tom Walsh. How's the injury update? I know we've seen some photos of you running a couple of months ago, so how's that progressing? Aye, it's, uh, it's been tough, Steve, I'm not going to lie. Um, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, I think the first few months, I think it was maybe three three months, maybe I kind of came out of the traps flying out, jogging, just very light, obviously, but um, uh, I was kind of building that up to the sort of six-month mark. Um, and then I was kind of trying wee bits with the ball, it wasn't right. Things like that. So I just had to keep sort of doing my rehab in the gym every day, um, sort of building it up. And then towards that nine months again, just sort of trying the ball and things. Um, so we're kind of oh, we're at 11 months now. And uh, I've basically I'm not able to sprint or use the ball. So I've had to go and uh, get another x ray. So um, I'm kind of waiting on a, a result. So just see what the answers are. But listen, still, still. Staying positive, you know what I mean? That's got to, got to be staying positive and hope for the hope for the very best. Obviously, everyone's just searching for answers just now, but hopefully that will come soon and we can uh, see a direction moving forward. I was probably, I probably you've probably not been alone in the treatment table this year with all the injuries we've had, mate, so you've had, uh, you've had plenty of company in the room, I suppose. So that's a, a positive Aye. for you, but not for the fans, I suppose. No, it's, uh, it's, it's been a crazy injury for the squad, of course it is, as everybody knows, but... Um, I think there was 11 of us in the stand one game. It was mental. So, um, I obviously, it's not been good for the team, but um been a bit of company for me and Shane in that gym, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I, mean, I know, I know. So, let's let's go back to 2018-2019 season. It seemed, see, everything before COVID, Tom, it seems like a lifetime ago, but... I know, talk, talk game in a second, obviously, which, which we're obviously looking forward to this year and against uh, Falkirk, but... 
the lead up to the, the semi, I mean, it was cracking running. I mean, obviously the, the, the county penalty win, then obviously the game at Tanadice. But how was sort of maybe the confidence team ahead of the maybe ahead of the semi final? But how was the confidence team? Because obviously we know we got all the way to the the playoffs against United, but obviously confidence must have been high well before that Hearts game in the team. The boys were uh, that that cup run was unbelievable. You have to say the boys were, were unbelievable. Like obviously the beating County in that game, you know, massive game on the telly. It was obviously drama going to penalties and all the rest of it. So it was it was some buzz for the boys and uh, and then obviously seeing obviously that last minute winner for us. So the boys were uh, it was just it kind of felt as if it was sort of meant to be to get to that point. Um, obviously some some moment that when Az puts that header in for the. For the whole club, you know what I mean. So um, going to Hamden, some buzz, and obviously the boys will be absolutely raring to go in a few weeks' time as well. Um, doesn't get bigger than that, you know what I mean? Going to the national stadium, so that's what it's all about. And the chance, obviously, to play one of the old firm in the finals. It's brilliant, absolutely brilliant for the boys. I know it's it's, it's probably it's this this year is slightly different for your your last semi final appearance. Obviously, I mean, I suppose we're confident against Hearts because again, the decent team, the friendly team, but again. Confidence amongst the boys before the game, Thomas. Been like, listen, we've got a chance to get to a final here again. It was, it was like, um, you know, you, you go into the game, you can't think, oh, that's a premiership team or whatever. You, you go in there, it's a semi final, anything can happen. Obviously, Inverness and the Cup have had a, a few stories over the years, so you can, you can, you can use that to your advantage. You think, no, I mean, this club's managed to do some things, and you sort of, uh, you sort of believe in that, get into it, you know, so. Um, and I mean, obviously we know the scoreline and then, but the first five, 45 minutes, we actually, we started well and we were right in the game. Um, a few wee half chances, if I can remember, I know they had a couple of wee half chances as well, but uh, getting into that half time, you're thinking, right, we've got a right chance here. And then obviously it was, the second half was disappointing, maybe ran out of steam a wee bit, but I think there was a couple of unfortunate things as well. I think J- Jamie was... Jamie Jamie scored a cracking goal. I know, I think he was offside maybe a yard or two, but, uh, and then Joe, I think Joe whipped a free kick and right in the stanchion he was going and the keepers tipped it onto the bar, was it? So, you know, it wasn't a 3-0 was quite harsh on us. It kind of felt like that in the end and it felt as if we kind of, I say, don't hate getting beat, but we you know, kind of thought, come into the game thinking that was 3-0 was harsh, you know what I mean? I, I mean, I, I still think, see, with Cart School, I think Mulready plays on one side, by the way, when you see the, the video back, Mulready... There you go. There you go. A ball here or something on Tom, but it's, it's on for me. But I'm biased. But I think um, Steve's had a chance to do it's a different game. But I think I think you're right. Stephen Suter scored the second goal. I think I think that was it. Maybe not. I'm not going to say heads go down because that's maybe critical. But I think that just maybe burst the bubble a wee bit, didn't it? I think when you're playing against a Premiership team. Uh, well, the boys obviously lost the first goal against Kelly recently and came back brilliantly and, and completely dominated the rest of that game. But I think, um, you know, it goes to one, you think, right, can we get an equaliser soon? That sort of thing. I can't remember the times, the goals exactly, but um, I think when that second one, as you said, the second one goes in, it's a it's a tough one to come back from. But listen, I think even after that, I think I seem to remember we're still getting up the path, still trying to create, because it only takes one, one wee goal, you're back in it, and then you just never know. So, um, and then obviously the third one's just a killer, but um, I just disappointing in the end, but the whole sort of, I think you're going to ask me about the build-up and things, but the whole sort of experience up to that half-time point, if you like, um, you know, it was a it was a good sort of it was a good buzz. That's the games you want to play, in, you know what I mean? 
definitely. I mean, before we started recording, I asked, and you said you obviously you played at Hampton as a youth uh, player and stuff in Old Firm games, and I you were also the 19th man in an Old Firm derby, which again, I guess it's probably bigger than I said, to be honest. I mean, I know from Derby build up is as crazy as it's going to get, but is that something that you can use to help the boys that have not played that also get a young squad this season? So, will you start by giving them some advice on the build up? Because it's, it's one thing going to a semi final, but going to Hamden, big pitch, it can be quite daunting for a few of the younger boys, couldn't it? I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think you've kind of just got to take confidence for what you've done getting there, sort of thing, and how you're playing yourself. I think you take your sort of own confidence into these games. Um, listen, I'll, I'll be there like supporting the boys as I always am. Do you know what I mean? But um, I think like the, the boys have got to take real confidence in looking at that sort of, you know, the the Livingston game away from home. You know, you're not getting many tough tougher places in Scotland. The boys went there and got a great result. And then Kelly, as I said, I think after Kelly got the goal, I think we the Clyde's completely dominated that game. So I think the boys have got to take real confidence for that, and I'm sure they will. On top of that, how they're playing now, of course, in the league are flying. So hopefully that continues into that game. And I think just got to go and do what they're doing just now. And and uh, as I said, sort of just just take that right in there and, and go and play and do their thing and, and not think about the size of the game as such or where it is. I think you can look too much into it. I think you've just got to take it as another game um, and just go just go and do your thing. That's it. It's been said many times, but around the stadium, the foes and that. You're not getting bigger incentives than that, you know. What I mean, you want to be up in that wall, having won, having won it. You know, I mean, of course, listen, it's just two two massive games for the boys, but um, you know, just take it one game at a time, try and get through that semi final, and then an unbelievable occasion to look forward to. But that, that's the incentive. Do you know what I mean the boys have to look at that? And of course, the boys who have won it, they've they've told so many stories, the history that'll be that'll be written in the history of the club for for years to come. So. Uh, you know, if you if you manage to do something special, you you, you won't be forgotten at this club. You know, Stevie, what happened in this game? I obviously I wasn't there. I was in hospital. Um, I I didn't. I'll be honest. I didn't bother watch the highlights. Uh, why the second half collapse? Again, I'm, I'm going back to this first stand. I, I, do you know it's probably my least favourite visit to Hamden um, for a semi final. Just just was totally underwhelmed by the whole day. I think the way the our seating was 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 set. I think the second section was miles away from the south stand. But looking at the game, I mean, I mean, Jamie McCart's goal should stand. It's on side. I mean, it, it, that goes. We go one 0 one nil up. It's a different sort of game. But I don't remember this game. It's more, I can remember more about Dundee and the film and I can Hearts. It just I just remember when was it FPS just scored their first goal and then we just sort of we collapsed a little bit and stuff and were deflated. But I that south stand um, jinx maybe. Went against us for atmosphere. I don't think the great atmosphere from our fans that day, the way the, the sort of pitch we played out for us, uh, sort of the stands. But no, probably underwhelming day, mate. I'd probably rather be uh, elsewhere than that game because I don't really remember much about the second half apart from obviously them scoring first. And I think it was, was it two late goals after that, boys? You can probably draw my memory. But yeah, not the not the greatest uh, trip to Hamden for us. Guys, were you all at the game? What was your experiences of it? Yeah, I was there. Um, do you know when you read out the team there? I was kind of listening to it and just thinking, God, I, I think I prefer the team that we're likely to put out next week. To be honest, it's a lot of players there that I just thought were really lacking in any sort of real dynamism or or or, or players that would kind of make a difference. And um, and that's you know that's how it turned out. 
you know, they, I, I don't remember us having like much real threat. It's a pretty pedestrian midfield there. There's not that much kind of real kind of guy up front. I like, I've always really liked Tom Walsh as a player, actually. And I think he's, you know, he's uh, someone that, you know, when he came back into the playoffs last season, um, he looked really exciting and then he gets injured again. Do you know what I mean? I think in a big pitch like Hamden, he would be a, a really good player to have. But the rest of them, you know, like if you're playing with Chalmers and Trafford in the middle, there's very little creativity there. Jordan White, yeah, really sort of static up front. You know, we, that the success of that team was built on a very, very good central defence. But um, the moment we went back into Hearts, we were getting absolutely nothing back. And it's pretty telling that the goal was... Um, the goal that we got that was then chopped off was scored by Jamie McCart. Um, as for the occasion, I remember it being a kind of a good laugh beforehand and afterwards, I think in the cool ship yard, everyone was just kind of like, well, met because I don't think we expected that much from it. I think expectations were very, very low. You know, yeah. um, they'll be higher next week. And good to hear from Tom Walsh. Um, he's obviously, I think he's, I think he's struggling a little bit with his rehab. I think he's be, trying to be more positive than um, he probably thinks. Um, I haven't talked to a couple of people. Um, he's he, and you think he's out of contract in the summer as well. So you know, from my perspective, you know, some people say, "Oh, he's out of contract. Get rid of him." We've got a duty of care to look after him. I think. I think he should be offered a deal in the summer, whereby you know it's probably reduced wages or something. Six months and see how you get on or something. But he's been injured while on duty playing for Cali Thistle. You know, at his workplace. I think we've got a duty of care to look after him. Do you not think so? No, I think he referenced that to me that he the, the club have paid for everything and uh, they've, they've looked after him. And I think, I mean, I'm not, I'm not speaking of the club here, but I mean, if they offered him maybe a, a reduced contract, I think he would take it as a, as a thank you and something to prove. And it's quite refreshing to see guys that are not from the north want to stay as well. He's, he, he he's a really nice guy as well, Steve. He's a really nice guy. No, he is. And I think, again, you referenced that a wee bit there. Fans forget when when. when People are injured. I mean, Shane, God, I mean, he's a lot worse than Tom. I mean, Shane Sutherland is probably gubbed at the moment. And it's the mental aspect as well. I mean, it, we forget about that. There's human beings and stuff. And obviously, mental health is a, is a massive topic amongst, obviously, men. But I think Tom would bite a hand off for a contract, you know. And, and again, it shows how much he's committed to the club. And he, he knows that. He knows we've looked after him. And hopefully, if the finance is there, we would give him a contract. Because he's, he's a versatile player. He can play either side of the pitch as well. He's probably at the Play through the middle as well if he loses a yeah. little bit of pace. Played play through the played in the middle before he got his injury and he looked really good back into last and, season, was it? So. And nice guy, loves the area and uh yeah, it's refreshing to hear that that he's keen to get back. So yeah, let's see and hopefully he gets a contract. So Okay, right. Well, we talked about Lewis Capaldi. Um up next, someone else we were getting kind of used to being someone we love. Ingress, what the hell? How you doing? No bar to sell for shitty weather, drugs and pissness. Inverness is a fucking business. Someone we love, yes, Robbie D's, and now the final interview of this most interview full packed pod uh, of interviews. <laughs> With a true fan favourite and a man who will undoubtedly have a big impact on the semi-final. 109, 10 appearances over three seasons, Mr. Robbie Dees. You can talk to me. Talk to me. I mean, you've been Hamden as a fan, seen you on the TV recently, but we'll move on for that, mate. <laughs> what's, like yourself, what's, what's the sort of emotions going into the game? And obviously, it must be a massive excitement for you and your family to see you run out at Hamden again. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's an exciting time and um, it's like something as a young lad you, you kind of dream of. I remember going to Dunfermline and I, when I was a Dunfermline fan, I was younger, going to a semi-final, the Scottish Cup semi-final and uh, I think that was one of my first trips to 
to Hamden and now I go to try and go to most home games that I can for the national team. So no, it's exciting and um I'm just looking forward to being able to do to to play at Hamden and get an opportunity to get into a Scottish Cup final and uh, I'm gonna have a lot of friends and family there. So um no, it's exciting, exciting, but just just try to think about it at the same time because at the end of the day we've got like loads of games in the league that are important as well beforehand. So I mean it's at the back of I'm pretty sure it's definitely at the back of my mind that I know it's at the back of the rest of the team's mind. Um but no, it's an exciting time because the Scottish Cup's one of the big the big cup at the end of the day. I you you might be too young, but I, I don't think the filming game was against Inverness, was it? Back in two, three, two, four. You'd have been too young for that. No, I couldn't even tell you who it was against. Aye, okay. Nah, I thought... I've got a photo of me, but I can't even remember. Right, okay. So see, see this game, Robbie, and it's it's probably it's it's maybe the flip side now because we're going to be the favourites going into the Falkirk game, and obviously the last two rounds we've been underdogs, and I mean maybe not maybe not in the changing room. I mean, I I, I thought we'd have done well against both teams, but on paper looks like we're the favourites. Falkirk obviously had a good season. Is that added pressure for you and the boys with the expectations that you're your favourites? I mean, yeah, probably it is added pressure, but at the end of the day, it's it's a one-off game, and um, Falkirk are they are a good football inside, and they've got good players, and obviously McGlynn was at Rafe last year, and they know they like to get the ball down and play, so they are a good side, and credit to them, they're in the semi-final just like we are. I know we had a stroke of luck with the, with the Queen's Park uh, situation, but that's that's just football, and. Um, it is a difficult one, but at the same time, it's it's a great opportunity to to get the club into a, into a final, um, and uh, it's also a good great do for the fans, and um, hopefully, it helps the club um, financially as well. You think Billy will have his prep differently, or is it going to be set same as usual during training during the week, or do you expect anything different? Uh, to be honest, I'm not too sure. Obviously, we've got quite a hectic week the last. The next two, well, this week and then next with the midweek games, so it's going to be difficult. Um, but as it's the old cliche saying that we've technically got all our all our league games left are all cup finals because they're all games we need to win to get playoffs. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure we'll treat it like any other game, um, and hope hopefully look to get a lot more boys back fit and uh, ready for the semis as well because um, there is a couple of boys that have picked up niggles and stuff, so it's looking after them, but. Um, to be honest, I don't think there's going to be a massive change in, in in the structure of the week or anything. Just because, as I said before, we do need to treat every game as a cup final because we need to win them to get playoffs. No, I'm not going to hear myself, and I don't want to play devil's advocate. But if we get to the final, and we we'll hope you're here next season, but it could be one of your last games as an Inverness player. How how satisfying would that be to sort of lead your team out in a cup final? Uh, well, not lead your team out, be one of the players in a cup final starting eleven. Would that be sort of cherry on top of a, a good run at ICT? Yeah, it would be obviously. I came here three seasons ago, wanting to get the club back to the Premier League, and I hope we still do that. Um, and I've loved, absolutely loved my time here, and uh, loved every minute, loved every game, and and I've I'm, I'm happy to call. I've been happy to call this place home. I felt so at home the last three years, and uh, to do that would be brilliant. Because obviously the heartbreak last year with the the playoff final, it was it was a difficult one to take, and. Um, I feel like we've got, it's been a difficult season for us and the fans more, uh, especially. So to give the fans an opportunity for a day out at Hamden's uh, is quite special. And then if all going well, we get to the final. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be a massive massive moment for myself, and my family, and that. So uh, no, I'm looking forward to it.
Robbie D's there. Um, he's said they're putting the the final, I think, to the back of to the back of his mind. They're concentrating on the semi final. Um, do you sound confident to you, Ewan? Yes, I think he did, didn't he? Um, he's he's very realistic. He's very measured. I think you know the way he talks about it. Um, it says it's exciting, but we're trying not to think about it too much. So that idea of, you know, that, that kind of cliche of, of taking each game as it comes, but the way he talks about that, it actually sounds like he means it, I think. You know what I mean? Um, I think the fact that um, he kind of said, you know, yeah, he, he acknowledged the fact that maybe being favourites is added pressure, but it's also that kind of understanding, like, yeah, it's a single game, we're just going to go into it and, um, you know, and not kind of like get overwhelmed by sort of the occasion of the whole sort of thing, you know. And um, I quite like the fact that he said that he, you know, he reckons that because they're treating every game so seriously that there will be a sort of routine in the structure of the week. It won't suddenly be like the training all changes and all this sort of stuff. I'm sure there'll be tactical tweaks and that tweaks and that sort of stuff. But generally speaking, I think you know the the kind of um, they will be in a sort of routine that they're used to and then not just the specific focus for what to do against the players that they're going to be um, kind of facing in the Falkirk team will be the, I imagine, the main focus of the week rather than some complete reinvention of what they're doing. So I, I think I think he sounded confident. I think he sounded measured. I think he sounded respectful of Falkirk, you know, and that's what you want. Okay, and now, and now, now the sad bit. Um, so his direct quote, I've loved my time here. I've been... Happy to to call this place home. I, I should probably put some sad music, even sadder than Lewis Capaldi. Put some even sadder music. Is there music that's sadder than Lewis Capaldi? I don't know. Um, yeah, he's 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 away, Sandy. I think, isn't he? I think so, but I, I don't think we can hold it against him. You know, he's been here for three years. He has been one of the best defenders, if not the best defender in the championship. Uh, not just as a centre half. Uh, as a left back as well. I mean, he played at left back for almost the entirety of last season and he ended up getting in the team of the year. He's gold dust, you know, he's big, he's strong, he's athletic, he's left sided as well, which is an absolute, you know, godsend for any manager looking for a centre half. He's better than the championship, you know, and at 23, he's only going to keep getting better. So, yeah, I wish the boy well because I think he's been a great player for the club and I think he's earned himself a move on to bigger and better horizons. So, yeah, if he does end up going, he definitely goes with, with my best wishes. As long as he doesn't go to county. He's got two cup finals left. He's maybe got eight cup finals left for this club, and he'll I'm sure he'll give everything for the jersey. Let's talk about let's talk about the big one next, the semi-final. Okay, before we talk about the semi-final. I think oh, there's, a, there's a very large omission here being the best football game I was ever at. Um, the Celtic semi-final. What we decided, that's essentially been done to death, Stevie, hasn't it? We did a lot about that uh, in lockdown with uh, with your um, with with your interviews you did with a lot of the players, Gary Warren, um, David Raven and such like. So if people are wanting to look at the, the um, some of the content with regards to that, they can look back at some of our some of our interviews, and uh, I'm sure we'll post some links on social media and whatnot. So that's why it's not included in this. We wanted to look at some of the, the, the games that we hadn't really looked at for a long period of time. Okay. Uh, but let's move on to the semi-final. And where are we going? We're going to Hamden. are out, the sun is out, that Nathan Shaw song is getting belted out of Section F in the, what stand are we in? 
the corner of the North Stand. In the corner of the North Stand. But there you go. It's a carnival atmosphere. There's fans bedecked in blue and red and red and black and those retro recreation tops from '94 uh, or wearing those bizarre hoodie jacket things with the goggles. Seen them around a lot. Very strange. Like the frogs. Um, so, Billy Dodds, he's changed the tactics somewhat in recent weeks. Um, less long balls, players pushing up more, maybe not, there's maybe more long balls to do. Um, pressure on opposition defences, a more sort of concerted possession. He's pushed the wingers up higher in other weeks, making it almost a three-man strike force. Um, he's opted in other weeks for, my favourite, three actual central midfielders in the middle of the park. What system is he going to go with? And go to uh, Callum first, because you were at the game today. Uh, I think he'll just go for the normal four-two-three-one that we've normally been playing. The only question is is whether he'll drop Delaney or not. To be honest, but does he go Harper or does he go for the defence of the Delaney? I think Harper pretty hard done by to get dropped, especially his form at left. But then it's kind of similar with Delaney. Actually, I think he's been really good centre half. But it kind of seems like Devine and Dees have a really good partnership with each other. So I think that's where I think they're going to go differently. And then I. I'd assume we'll go Henderson wide right. And so, do, so does the ta- does the tactics decide the team, or does the team decide the tactics, Andrew? Um, um, right, I, I, I was going to say uh, the same as Callum in terms of one of the biggest decisions being left back. He's got two big decisions to make: his fullbacks and the three behind the striker. Right. Um, I, I th- so I don't think I think the tactics are, are nailed on. It'll be exactly as Callum says. It'll be four two three one. Um, my my gut reaction or my, my my gut instinct is that he will play Delaney, and I, the reason for that is because Delaney is kind of bigger, scarier on a big pitch, and also Harper is more versatile if he has to bring someone on. Harper will start the way why I disagree. Harper will start, but um, yeah. I get I like I like your um, thinking there because Harper is more of an option to bring off the bench. Um, I Harper Harper will play left back, but. You play Harper, I think you go for the game from the beginning. Harper's more attacking than Delaney. I think you go in the first half for them. But he's not been um, recently. That's why he's been good recently, because he's actually been more of a defender. Centre-halves, that's that's nailed on Divine and Dees, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Right no, back. Free. So David Carson is unfortunately suspended. Yeah. Um, Wallace Duffy, did he come off the bench today? Yeah, he yeah. came off. Yeah. Do we think it'll be Wallace Duffy? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah it has to be. Poor, poor Heidi. It has to be. Poor Heidi. Um, centre midfield. Welsh Allardyce. Oh, yeah, Welsh Allardyce. Yeah, Welsh Allardyce. Well, depends if Welsh is fit, but yeah. I'd assume he was just rested today for next week. I would assume. Billy, Billy Mackay up front, and then our wingers are. Sh- I, that, well, right. Henderson and Mackay for me has got to start. Mackay, yeah. Mackay. So you think Dan Mackay and Henderson? Well, Henderson's nailed on. Oh, I guarantee it. Henderson, yeah. Henderson is nailed on. Shaw is nailed on, but it's whether he starts. And so that's probably the, the question now, isn't it? It's, mm. it's whether he starts Shaw on the left or the middle. And, right. and who else plays? Right. My my thinking is that he'll play, even though I think we all agree that Shaw's actually better on the left or better in a wide area, at least, than he is through the middle. Um, my thinking is that he's going to play Shaw through the middle. And the reason for that is Shaw is, as we've already discussed, hard to knock off the ball. And he can take the ball off people. Um, and I think if you've got a player like Stephen McGinn there, who's got that sort of experience, and you've got a big, difficult, gangly player like Shaw who can take the ball off him and then it's harder to knock off than, say, Doran, for example, or playing, say, Kami in there, who isn't really natural in there or anything like that, I think that Shaw can kind of occupy them and retain the ball there. 
but probably better than any of the current options. Also, on a big pitch like Hamden, yeah. you've got Damakai's pace, and I think yes. Damakai's pace in a wide area is going to be really important. So although I think Shaw's better in a wide area, I think given the personnel they're going to be up against and given the space that Mikhail get, that's where he'll go. So I'd say Mikhail left, Shaw in the middle. That's Henderson. bang on. I think that's, I think that's what yeah. Dodd's I think that's what Dodd's thinking will be. I think that's absolutely bang on anyway. Doran's also played the occasion, so let's be a bit nostalgic here. Doran's been there twice, right? He's played the pitch. My worry about Shaw Thurman was, again, back to his interview, he'd never been to that stage before. I think Dan McKay is a shoe in for some reason. But the middle of the park, Doran could play there because he'd been there before and done it. Even just for 60 minutes and then you switch him up, give an option, but interesting your thoughts on that. I see, I see what you're saying, Stevie, but Aaron, much as I love him, has not made the difference in games as much recently as either of the other two. And I say that with the fact that Dan McKay has been very, very patchy. But I think um, Nathan Shaw is clearly making the difference. And Mackay, with that space in the left, I think, will be there. Don's capable of doing it, but he hasn't actually done that much in terms of actually creating or scoring himself. So what does he, what does he do in terms of tactics? What I'm talking about is, do we look for concerted pressure up, the, pushing the back line up and try and make the pitch smaller at the start of the game, put pressure on defence? Or are we just saying we want to keep the ball in the middle of the park? What sort of oh. tactics do you think we're going to... Out the traps quickly, like we're doing as Hamilton. First 20 five minutes, try and smother them, you know, get an early goal, which obviously we've not done in the last couple of weeks, but if we can get an early goal within the first 20 minutes, it deflates him. So go gung-ho for the first 20 minutes. I don't, gung-ho means that means we're just okay, kamikaze, but pressure them, don't don't give them time in the ball, and that's what we done against Hamilton for the first 15 minutes of the night, so I'd like to see if we do the same against uh, Falkirk. I'd assume we'll get the ball out early, out to the wingers early as well. I assume we'll give Henderson, and to be honest, the way I think, I think we'll start Don. I assume it'll be well either Shaw or Dan McKay, whoever's on the left wing as well. I think we'll they'll get the ball early, test their fullbacks, get a couple of crosses in. Because even even if Shaw's in the middle, for example, you know, what I mean, even if you use that our broth goal, for example, get them in early, get into good positions, and see how the def- how the Falkirk defence reacts to it. Let's talk about predictions. Actually, what's the score going to be? Two nothing. Everyone is. Yeah, I'm with Riley. I'm, I'm going 2-0 as well, yeah. I'm thinking 1-0. I think it'll be a a hard-fought game, but I, I think we'll get it by a goal. I'm going to go with um, what you were talking to, um, Ross, from the, the podcast about. I think uh, the Falkirk podcast. I think goals, 3-2, probably. Yeah. Big pitch yeah. like that. Players don't experience in it. Yeah, there'll be, there'll be yeah. goals. I think it's a, it's a, it's a goal. It's a goal. It's both teams to score and one team to, to win by a goal. Could be either side. I hope it's us. I think it should be us. But if we do reach the final, or you know, we've reached the semi-final anyway, finances wise, this is huge for the football club, oh. Andrew, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it obviously is. I mean, you asked me to look into this, which was a um a, a canny move on your part, because bloody hell, it's really difficult <laughs> to find any information, like solid information about the Scottish Cup. So a lot of this is based on just various kind of sources, and it's very, very, very random back of a fag packet type calculations. All right, um, PNB Twitter account um, is my source for apparently the prize money for being a semi-finalist is two hundred and sixty-one thousand, so that's apparently guaranteed. We get shared gate receipts from all our games so far. Um, I'm gonna give deductions of around thirty percent. That's for fees. It's a flat fee that's paid to the SFA plus the various expenses for hosting the match and stuff like that. Um, so if our average ticket price for all those games is about £15, because some of them were kept low, then there was 5,793 5, over four games. That was the attendance, bloody hell, not very good. 
that comes to about 30,000. To add that to 291,000, uh, 261,000, we get 25% of all the gate money pooled over the two semi finals. Um, so, average ticket price, say, of £30, 28, 38, but then Chell tickets, 60,000 over the two matches, 48,000 for the old firm, 12,000 for our game, let's say. Um, 25% say to the SFA and maybe another 15% match expenses so that would come to about 270,000 so add that to well I'll get to that in a minute and then you've got TV money and again even that's been really really hard to calculate but I figure that the TV money I've, I've read somewhere that it's like 24,000 so if you add all of that together if we go out at the semi-final stage my rough calculation is about 585,000 but I could be miles out. That's I guess. I would guess if we get to the final, you can, double, you can double that. No, no. listen, that, that was an expensive mistake from Queen's Park, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Overheads, I think, take up a hundred thousand pounds in that total. So I think we're about four hundred thousand pounds net for where well, we are yeah. at the uh, same final. But I think what we could, if we get to the final, regardless of the result, we make £845,000 clear. Basically, it basically kills all the debt that we accrued through the concerts and all the other shit that we've done already. So it's 800000 in the red. If we get to the final, that wipes out the whole debt. So. Can't, you wouldn't use it all for that, though. Surely you would use it for assembling a squad in terms of wages that can win I, the championship. Well, you would accrue debt anyway, but I mean, the good thing is, if we get to the final, any, any, any banks that are owed money by us are getting paid back, so we can now hopefully get another credit line. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen. If we get to the final, surely we need a cup final song, don't we? And I think one of you is a is a certified musician. Are they not? I think it's one Whoa. of the one of the debutants. It's definitely not you, Steve. It used to be. So, Sandy, uh, you you did you write a song for the twenty fifteen cup final? I, I did. I did. Uh, it's. Uh, it was uh, a, 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 as a result of a bet with myself and, and Lewis Lockhart. Uh, the bet was that if we beat Celtic in the semi-final, I would write a cup final song, uh, which I made uh, thinking that we were going to get absolutely hounded because I don't know if you guys remember at the time, our, our league form was not that great. I don't think we'd won for quite a while. And I thought, yeah, we're just going to get turned over. I haven't got to worry about this. And then on the way back up the road, Lewis was like, hmm, just remember what we talked about now. So, yeah. Uh, within a couple of days it was written, within a couple of weeks it was recorded and then we, we put it out online, got really uh, really good feedback and then somebody from the club approached us and asked us if we we would give it to them and they would uh, use it as the actual song. And to be fair to the club, they were really good to us. They uh, got us a lot of uh, good airtime. We got to play on BBC, we got to play on STV and we got to play in the social club the night before the final. Uh, but the, uh, the ultimate sort of crowning moment was... Once we'd won the game, the obviously the boys are walking around the pitch with the trophy. Um, out of nowhere, it just started blading out through Hamden. Brilliant. And yeah, I've got to admit, uh, for me, if there was a snapshot moment that could be described by my best moment as a Cali fan, it was it was definitely that one. Let's listen to Sandy's song. A little little clip of it right now. Helping hand from my friend Josh. And Tansy levels it up from the spot. Eddie turned it around, but then we leveled again. As I think we're about to cave We find our hero and Dave the Rave Turns it in just to set us into a craze This is our time to shine 
Nip could be so fine, simple and sublime. Mapping out to point of view, the emotion and commotion in the kicking of boots. But when you cross that line, you're eye on the prize, so you can party into the night. Dead to dream, cause you know it's all true. Swept away in the scenes of red and blue. But yeah, listen, if we get to the final, right? What about Sand? Well, you're part of the shuffle now. Wine and Shuffle Cup Final Song, right? We're writing it. Aye. Okay. Aye, let's do it. Let's do it. You know, I write words for a living. You know, you're studying to be an English teacher. Andrew Young is an English teacher. Stevie's a salesman. And Callum's got great hair. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> pl- plenty of creativity in here then. Absolutely. You know? Definitely. Well, Definitely. Ross Tokyo Ross will come on it. Liam Keogh will come on it. Nobody else. <laughs> nobody else will come on it. <laughs> <laughs> Else don't, need don't, don't, don't need anyone else. Okay, right. Go get the guitar. Okay, that's that's uh, that's all for us. The semi-final preview pod is complete, and all that remains is the actual football. Uh, but hopefully, we'll be back in a few weeks' time with a, a playoffs special. That'd be good. Followed by, I mean, this would be great. A Scottish Cup final special. That 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 that'd be good. That'd be, we'll get a few people on for that one. Um, not if, you guys have been great, but you know we'll we'll. Get, We'll get loads of people on for that one. If Nathan, if, but listen, if Nathan Shaw loses his form, Sean Welsh stubs his toe, or Billy Mackay decides he's had too much, he's got too much respect for Dennis Wainess and he doesn't want to score any more goals, maybe we'll just be doing the season review pod. But regardless, like the team this season, there is more to come. So safe journeys to Hamden for everybody who's listening. If you see any of us in the pub or in the terraces, please do come and say hello. Uh, I'll just go around the table to the chaps for their final thoughts. Wish everyone a safe journey down the road, as you said, mate. Listen, let's get as many of your friends and family there who don't have a ticket already at the time of listening and uh, yeah, pack your stands because it could be something special and uh, we'll do it again in five weeks' time, fingers crossed. Yeah, very much the same for me. Uh, it's a social event as well as the sort of, you know, the, the magnitude of the game. You know, I'm I'm going with folks that I'm at matches with all the time, but I'm also getting the chance to go down with folks who I've not seen for ages. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that as much as anything else. So, yeah, it should be a great day out and hopefully we'll get the result we need and then we'll get a cup final song written. We are we are kind of a, a, a legendary cup final, cup semi-final team, aren't we? You know, more semi-finals than just about anything outside the Edinburgh clubs, uh, Aberdeen and the Glasgow clubs. So uh, let's get down then become a legendary final team as well so we can make it our second final or uh, it's a Scottish Cup final then a few more to come so now the Dundee game's over with and uh, the league and now we've only got one league game left it's all focused on the Saturday coming up and hopefully we squish Falkirk and we'll all get a day out to a final as well well I don't know what my final thought is um, I'm really looking forward to the day I think we've got a really good team I think we've got a really good chance I think it'll be a really good game and I just hope that if we do win the game and we end up playing Celtic in the final, people can appreciate the fact that we we got there. And, and if Falkirk win, then Falkirk fans can appreciate the fact that they got there and just realise that you know Celtic are 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 hammering teams, are hammering all every team that isn't managed by Stuart Kettlewell um, <laughs> every week. So, and if we get Rangers, we'll pump them. And if we get Rangers, we'll pump them. Yeah, there we go. That's. That's it. That. That's that's all I needed. That's the fi- that's it. That's all we needed. Right. Until next time, it's bye from everybody in the pub. Oh, before I go, before we go, uh, chaps, absolutely brilliant debut. Have you enjoyed yourselves? 
Yes, absolutely, and hopefully maybe get invited back. You'll definitely, you will definitely get invited back, Sandy. Very, very much so. Uh, basically, what Callum said can't add anything more beyond that. Cheers for having us. Super guys, right? Until next time, it's bye from them. Everyone, say bye. Bye bye. It's bye from bye. me. We are all off. This was an easy one to do. We are all off to Hamden. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other, and bye for now. Yep, yep.